welcome to Savvy Saps Podcast. I'm calling. This is episode 119. Jimmy RFK Jr. interview. Let's chat. I didn't even give like a long uh, description. I figure we can just go ahead and just jump right into it. I figure people do have some things to say. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and lead by saying this. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said, and I'm not taking it back. I'm not scared of nobody but my mama and God. And the way I kind of see it is, it's like, there's too much standing, too much fucking standing. And I'm I'm just done with that shit. Let's go ahead and bring in um, Ashura. You are the first caller on the mic. I'll yeah. make sure my volume really quick to make sure I have that going. What's going on, Ashura? You're giving me PTSD. I am sorry. I'm sorry you had to witness that again. <laughs> Because I had to watch that shit. It was like the first, I would say, 40 minutes was him just talking about his religion, his addiction. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. And as he's talking about it, he's like, it's because you're a fucking Kennedy. You got the help. You didn't go to fucking prison. And this guy's saying, oh, he saw Jesus. He saw this. And then there's a point where even before the interview, he was buttering up Jimmy Dore. He was saying you were the best comedian. I'm like, bro, Jimmy, are you not fucking seeing what's going on? He's literally basically lowering your defenses right now just to get you to not do shit in that interview. And yep. and I remembered something you said when you were doing one of your uh, live stream. You said, uh, I forgot what the, what the clip was about. Maybe you can remember when you said, this is not how you do an interview. When you do an interview, you do not let the guest take over your fucking show. Yeah, and that takes practice, like, just to be honest, because some people will go on and on and on, and then sometimes you don't get to, a chance to, answer, like, ask all the questions that you have or any of the questions uh, that you have, like, written down. Um, but the first, like, 30 minutes of that interview, he was just talking about himself, his personal life, his addiction, and yada, yada. And yeah, I get it. And like you said, Ashura, like he got the help that he got because he's a Kennedy and he had the wealth to to go to facilities that the rest of us, a lot of us just can't afford. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I can't afford to pay for like rehab or anything like that. The average working person can't. Uh, poor people can't. So RFK Jr. had certain privileges that a lot of us just will never have. And then to sit this man, hear this man rant on for like 30, 35 minutes about, well, you know, when I was going through addiction and da, 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 I'm like, how long is this interview going to be? Second of all, you're running for, for president. Like, I don't really need to hear all this shit. I, I really did not care about that. And like, if you guys were looking at the chat, the chat was like killing me. Yeah, I was in the chat too. I saw Dwayne. I was like basically screaming in all caps, especially what this guy was saying shit about the Israel saying that... Uh, he, he he did two things in one way. One, he tried to say that uh, it wasn't anti-Semitic to, criti to criticize Israel. But then in the same sentence, he said, if you criticize Israel, you're an anti-Semite. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> here you are complaining fucking Israel and then say that people call you an anti-Semite, that you're not anti-Semitic. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're, you're pro-Zionist for fucking Israel. And on the same, uh, on the other hand, you're also an anti-Semite against Palestinians. So which is it? It was like trying to talk to somebody in a cult, you know. It was just like very motivated thinking. Just no matter what, he was going to make that same point. 
regardless of facts or evidence, right? Because the thing is, he really didn't want you to criticize Israel. Even though he said you can criticize Israel, he still doesn't want you to criticize Israel. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't want you to do that. Then he tries to go after Omar for all about the Benjamins. I thought that was a video. I didn't know. I thought it was about money when they said all about the Benjamins. I thought it was money because they tend to use Benjamin as a reference for cash. So, yeah, Israel do buys fucking governments around the world so they can fucking take over Palestinian land. So what the fuck was he talking about? It's like they were supporting every you know, video. He would talk over the video over and over just to get Jimmy Dore to shut up. And then there were parts where Jimmy would normally put the video so, to its length, full length. He did it like for 10 seconds and then he let the video and he shut off the video just because RFK was there. Right. And the, and the thing that I want to mention and I want to point out, I, for one, do not expect any host to like scream at their guests. I don't I'm not I don't expect that. I don't think that's I think that's rude. Like. Right. So I don't I don't expect that. But that being said, I kind of felt like what Jimmy criticized Cornell West for for letting Anderson Cooper do to him. I felt like he let RFK Jr. do that same thing to him. Yeah, that people even super chatted that shit to Jimmy Dore's face in the chat. They they super they said it in the chat and they super chatted to his face, and 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 they said like uh, it, it brought up the same thing you said tonight about you know hero worship, and I felt like when in twenty twenty Jimmy Dore said he was done with Tulsi Gabbard and then he was back on the Tulsi train, then he said the RFK, but he could probably say tomorrow he's done with RFK. He's probably gonna be back on the RFK train in three months from now. Because there's this weird synergy going around because COVID fucked up everybody. It fucked up Jimmy, it fucked up Pasta, it fucked up the shit list where nobody wants to fucking hear about it. Everybody goes to lockstep with Fauci and all that bullshit. So this guy comes in for one fucking topic about uh, the uh, the establishment, the, the censorship and COVID. Everybody goes in fucking lockstep. Yep. Jimmy Dore is guilty of this because... All those fucking videos is is RFK, and I'm and I was looking in the chat, and I think it's Steph is the one who basically runs the chat, and I see somebody somebody wrote in the chat. This is from the Jimmy Dore show, not the chat itself. Please donate to RFK's website. I'm like, what the fuck? He, I'm like, I had to basically shut up, shut it off. Look at Google. How much is this motherfucker worth? Fifty million dollars. He's worth fifty million dollars, and he was bitching that the Democratic Party didn't want to fucking. Uh, 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 put out money to put give him security, dude. You got fifty million dollars. You can't hire your own fucking security. You can't fucking pay out your own staff. So who's gonna fucking pay it for you? The taxpayer? You're a fucking millionaire. Yeah, he's rich. Like I don't think a lot of people realize just how rich RFK Jr. is. Like, I mean, Jimmy's a millionaire, but he's not. I don't think Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's as wealthy as as RFK Jr. Like the Kennedys, these people are rich, yeah. and so. But the, but the other thing, too, that I was going to mention, I was going to ask you, who asked to donate to RFK Jr.'s campaign? Uh, it was somebody wrote it in the Jimmy Dore chat. Somebody who has control oh, of the channel wrote that. I don't know if it's Steph. I think it could be Steph. But it said they basically put the website the website uh, underneath the, in the chat. So that to me says, like, basically you're saying donate to them. You don't have to say donate to the Jimmy Dore to RFK. Just put on the website. And I'm pretty sure they're going to ask people to donate. Well, um, it's not. Well, I will say it's not uncommon for hosts 
if they're interviewing a candidate to put that candidate's website in the, the that's not uncommon. Just FYI. Yeah, people said that, but that to me was like, he's a fucking millionaire. I, I had to Google one of those Kennedys. I forgot what her name was. Was it Connie or some shit? Caroline. Yeah, Caroline Kennedy. Yeah. $250 million. Yeah, she's an ambassador. She's a, yeah, like a lot of people may not realize this. Like I know because I live here in the Boston area, Massachusetts, like those motherfuckers are rich, like rich, rich. Like what, are, and, what, is, her, what is her business? Is it oil? Is it coal? I know these motherfuckers tend to have like these businesses. Like the last prime minister we had, Stephen Harper, he was basically his. I think his family was in the oil sands in Alberta or some shit. Well, the, the Kennedy money uh, goes back generations, and uh, I think the story is the original. Like the old grandfather was like, what did he run moonshine or something or yep. prohibition days and stuff like that? And yeah. And um, and so they just you know it's the same old story with wealth is is they they get they get the head start and they keep rolling it and making money off of money and and a few generations later you you buy yourself a president in the family right right yeah they uh, originally yeah it came from um, the the bootlegging bootlegging business so like originally but but the thing is is that you know. I just, for me, like watching Jimmy do that interview and we're not perfect. Like I don't have all my interviews aren't great either, you know, but I just couldn't understand how after he said what he said about Cornell West and um, Anderson Cooper, I just couldn't understand like the way that he was so angry in that video in reference to Cornell West, as if in a way Cornell West had let him had had uh, embarrassed Jimmy. That's what it kind of felt like. Yeah, and I, I know that. Yeah, RFK Jr. come on there and feed that line of bullshit, and you never say, you never tell the guests that you're not an expert on a particular area or you're not well versed. Even if that's true, you never let them know that because then now they know they can feed you whatever line of bullshit they want. And that's exactly what RFK Jr. Uh, continued to do. And, and that, that shit right there pissed me off. And not only did Jimmy say it, but he said it multiple times. And I'm like, why the fuck you telling him that? He don't need to know that. Like, it that, just, just roll with it. And that was the funny part of the night is that every fucking time he said something and Jimmy didn't know, Jimmy would say like, I don't know anything about that. Uh, I'm not an expert on it. Then I'm like, why the fuck are you interviewing him? Look, I'm just going to keep it real and say this. We're and we're not experts at at everything. Right. Like most people are probably expert at like one or two things. That's usually how it goes. But anytime I'm going to have an interview. I always do my research about the topics that I want to ask them about. So I know what to push back on. I also always watch interviews that they've already done with other people. So I know what to ask and try not to repeat the same, you know, the same questions as the interviewer. It is your job to do the research, though, and you still don't have to be an expert. But what I'm saying is, if you got that type of connection with Max Blumenthal, it's 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 a quick phone call. Hey, yo, Max, I'm about to interview Max Blumenthal. I'm about to interview RFK Jr. Could you please help me in reference to 
the Israel-Palestine issue. Like that's that's it. And I'm I'm pretty sure like Max would have helped. Yeah, but that's the thing though. You said it best in, in your in your um, when you were saying tonight. Uh, not only did he basically said he didn't know, so RFK he was chuckling every now every now and then. it's like, oh, I got him, I got him. It's like every fucking time. It's like he said, I got him. And then Jimmy's like sitting there. I'm like, bro, this is what happens when you fucking hero ship motherfuckers like this. You can't even fucking speak. You can't even basically push back. If it was somebody else, not RFK sitting there trying to defend some bullshit, he would have roasted that guy. Apparently, he couldn't even make a bonfire on RFK. RFK just walked out of there, and everybody in the fucking chat, especially the the, 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 the right-wing side, they believe that bullshit. Today, I was just looking for the clips coming out, and I was looking at specifically the ones with RFK. Oh, everyone was fawning over him. Yep. There's a point where they, they were all fawning. I was, like, clicking a video, and I'm not even watching that chick. I was so fucking disgusted by it. I was like, this is like the second Jimmy Dore video after the Nick Brown one that I can't fucking even like the video. And I'm like, what? I'm reading the comments. And I'm like, oh my God, he's such a good man. What a great man. And it, it's over and over. And there's a point where he brings up the border. I'm not saying that you can't have a border or anything. But there's a point he's trying to scapegoat the immigrants in the border. It sounded like, it sounded like right-wing talking points. Exactly. I, noticed, I noticed that as well, too. And he just sat there and just let him say it didn't push back or anything at all. And that, to me, I'm like, so I'm sitting back, and, and for those who don't know, for those of us that do these shows and stuff, I'm kind of looking at it from both sides. One, that person, you know, Jimmy, is he's the interviewer, and, you know, he's going to try to you know, ask him the questions that he can get in, that kind of thing. But that interview was almost three hours long. And so, and then the other thing is, what does the audience want to hear and see? And so at multiple times throughout the interview, I had to ask myself, is he like being nicer towards him because this is what their, his the audience wants to see? Because his audience, a lot of them like RFK Jr. Is that why like he's he's talking to him? Like he's being so much nicer towards him. And that's what I kind of feel. Well, there's the COVID thing. Plus you got the COVID thing. Like I said, it's synergy. Jimmy Dore got shitted on for basically talking about the COVID thing, trying to get people informed. Shit, let's hate him for him. And then he got fucking censored on top of that shit for two years straight. Um, then you have RFK come out and it's like, oh my God, it's a match made in heaven. Him and pasta. And I, and I was looking at that. I'm like, bro, I thought you said you were done with Democrats. Why the fuck are you <laughs> interviewing a Democrat and telling people that he's all this and that? Aren't you kind of indirectly sheep herding people back into the Democratic Party? Um, to me, the, the worst part was was the border stuff. I mean, I, I I found I have found and found there what RFK was saying about the border and about immigrants just just deeply offensive and really, you know, white right wing and reactionary, just really you know, terrible stuff. And, you know, I, I was the, the most disappointed thing with Jimmy to me was, was his, you know, signing on to that stuff and nodding and agreeing. Yeah, nodded. And I would, you know, I, I, I would put out a challenge to, to Jimmy at this point is that he, he really needs to have someone on who knows the real story about the border and, and immigration and immigrants and, and this whole concept of, of closing the border, how ridiculous and, and awful it is and how, how, 
people suffer, you know, and how, you, you know, you have children involved in this and, and just the way RFK portrayed it was, was uh, just disgusting to me. And so, yeah, I'll say it again. Jimmy needs to have someone on, you know, to tell the other side of that or, or to me that that's the real problem or a real well, problem. Someone just posted in the chat that pasta is not supporting RFK, even though <laughs> I see it on Twitter, I see it on his channel. I don't know where this cognitive dissonance happened not as what, if like he's not that's playing. not what he said when he came on that's not what he said when he came onto the show when we had that conversation to call about cornell west or rfk jr that is not what he said and anybody who saw that show knows i feel like pasta tries to have it both ways kind of with the rfk thing yeah because that was like um the thing shit he said about uh rfk not rfk cornell west needs to go see trumpers before he goes he goes to see black people. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, that, that would be the best strategy ever. If he goes to see black people first, you chip away at the Democrats. They can't fucking win. They need the black vote. You got black men going away to the Republican Party. You got the black women there, too. You chip away at the Democrats. You win. Then you can talk to the Trumpers. Because I don't, I don't remember seeing Donald Trump going to see black people when he was running. He went to the Trumpers first. Or the soon-to-be Trumpers. He went to white people first. He didn't go to black people. He went to white I don't think he ever went to black people. Ashura, yeah. Um, so go, I want to rewind for a second. Um, yes, the 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 Benjamins. That was a, a song by uh, Puffy in the late nineties. Yeah, 90s. yeah, I, I know. But they, it's also also reference when you say the Benjamins, people tend to say it's money because you know Benjamin Franklin's on the it's on the dollar bill. Well, he's on the hundred dollar bill, but yes, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Either um, way, like, but it it it's definitely out. They was trying to they, they was trying to say oh you're talking they was trying to say oh you're talking about Benjamin Netanyahu that's that's what the, they was trying to say yeah, that think, yeah Obama I think that was mean, but it's money like Israel fucking yeah 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 and they was you that know, shit um, back in but, the day all the time when that song came out people used to say that all the time so now is that yeah. song, is that song anti-Semitic now <laughs> are we gonna cancel Puff Daddy all these rappers now. There's a lot of reasons to cancel Puff Daddy, but um, <laughs> you know that that take a like a bit of like a long time. But um, what 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 was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? Um, yeah, he 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 could have prepared for that interview, you know, a lot better than uh, what he did. Um, I'm stalling because I forgot what I was going to say. But, but he yeah, said he, that he said Cornell West oh, was not prepared. He said Cornell West was not prepared for that Anderson Cooper like interview. And I felt like when it came to that particular discussion, not just about the Israel Palestine, but also about the border. Like if you guys haven't seen it, the clips have been put out, not all of them, but the clip about the immigration one, that was the one I, I didn't get to tonight because that, that one is pretty long. But the one about hungry. immigration, that was terrible to, to, to sit there and to see Jimmy just basically nod along and agree with RFK in reference to the the immigration issue that just made me feel some kind of way and i'm like i can't it's really hard for me to defend it's 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 been hard for me and like erica tell you this it's been really it's hard for me to defend jimmy Dore when people come to me and say jimmy supports like right-wing things now it's hard for me to defend that when i see shit like that well, that's the well, thing, Sabrina, because well, when, I, when I heard that shit, 
I, I, I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. Why does Jimmy Dore, when he says some stupid shit, he has to go on RBN or even your show to clarify where he has a bigger fucking channel than you guys do. He has way more people watching him. He can go on his fucking channel and basically correct the record. Why does he have to go on a small channel that nobody's going to basically watch? I, I, well, but I I've seen recently, and, and I, I rarely get to watch Jimmy live. Based on what I've seen recently and comments that I've seen in the live chat, it's very clear to me a lot of the people that's watching Jimmy don't want to hear about left issues. Yeah. I can tell by the chat. Not, not to mention, I've seen racist fucking comments. Yeah, like uh, in the live chat, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening here?" There's yeah. no mod. Yeah, there's no mod. That's uh, one thing about it. Like, uh, even with uh, Cornell West, yeah, when, it's really going to be impossible. One, one motherfucker in the comment section, not the live one, but this is after the clip came out. They called them. They called them buckwheat. Who called who buckwheat? Some, Cornell some West in the the Cornell West clip. There's a lot of racist comments. There's racist comments. A- there's racist dog whistles. and But the thing is, is like, where did all that come from? It didn't used to be like that. And I, I don't know if this happened after the Kyle Rittenhouse coverage. I don't know if those people came over after Kyle Rittenhouse, if they came over after the COVID stuff. I don't know. I think, but, I know. I think it's over the COVID stuff and the censorship shit. I, but Jimmy, I think, but I think the I chat know. did not used to be like yeah, it's like uh, I understand why people say they can't fucking deal with the chat because there needs to be a moderator. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I can tell you as someone who who works on chat, you know, chat moderation, I I wouldn't even try with with a chat the size of Jimmy Dore. It's just you, you can't even keep up with it. And so trying to moderate that is just you know, I I just think they just ignore it basically. Of more than one. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else you can do but ignore it. It's just too so, much. It's a fire hose. And Jimmy might have some, 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 some old ideas that basically he they might think he's right wing, or he's on the transition. So, so, might... so, well, what I was gonna say, I, re- I remember um, when you was talking about um, pasta. Did you, Sabrina? Did you see pasta come on Jimmy uh, last week? No, I like I said, I I rarely get to see Jimmy live. Got it. So here's what happened in between the time you interviewed him and last week. When he came on there, he pretty much said after he saw what me, Lucy, and the gang did, he was his he was like he like uh after seeing that, I I don't know if I could support him anymore, whatever the case is. Uh, he said something to that effect, like like, yeah, that was a disaster. I don't know if I can support him anymore. Uh, um, but that, Roger, Roger, it ahead. happened twice. The first time, he got a personal up up close with RFK. So what is an indirect an indirect, comfort, um, indirect confrontation going to do? He was right in his face. He told him exactly how he felt. So he thinks because you went there with Lucy, now he feels like he shouldn't be on RFK? I'm just saying what I saw him tell Jimmy last week. No, that's that's, that's a good all. point because uh, Pasta did ask him that question directly to his face. He, uh, Pasta asked Jimmy oh, who, Pasta or asked K. Junior. Oh, I, I didn't see that interview last week. I just saw <laughs> I just saw Pasta on Jimmy Dore last week. No, they, no, they, it they, wasn't they, last they, week. 
This was a while back when he was in New Hampshire and Pasta came up to New Hampshire and asked him in person. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I was just going I was just going by the interview from from last when when Jimmy had Pasta on his show. It had to been when it had to be it had to been Friday because Wednesday was his birthday, so he didn't have a show. And Tuesday was the think, last week today with the event. But I think people fell in love with, again, I feel like people fell in love with another fucking this person could Democrat be a fucking politician. Hero. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I said, old. why y'all doing this again? And and let's also not forget the fact that what the fuck happened to not supporting the Democratic Party. Yes, that's the thing. I, I, that's why I was I was saying in the chat when they put that fucking uh, his website there, and I'm like, there better not be some fucking donations as on that site. And I'm like, wait, aren't you aren't you like indirectly telling people to go back to the Democratic Party? This guy's running as a Democrat, but he will never get the nomination whatsoever. So now people are gonna for this year only 2024 gonna funnel all their fucking money to RFK, who is already a millionaire. He doesn't need your fucking money. So why are you giving yeah. me your money? And Pasta and Jimmy, they're the only two ones that I know. They are, I can't, I can't say the word shill. I don't want to say the word shill, but they're going hard. Love fest. A fucking love fest for this motherfucker. All because they got some synergy between them. Yeah, well, you know, they, they fooling themselves. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, but... I mean, you all know. that bullshit, all that lies about the whole bulldozer in your house down because you're there's a law that says you might be a terrorist. I'm like, bullshit. You just want to take that fucking land as much as you can, little by little. But you, you, gotta, you gotta be prepared for that interview. And my thing is too, like, okay, maybe you don't know as much about like that particular issue. You gotta push back on the Medicare for all bullshit, and that you know a lot about. Yeah, because that that story is personal to Jimmy. Because Jimmy himself likes to tell that story when he was sick. He had to use Steph's life savings. Remember that I, I tweeted this uh, comment, not a comment, this tweet, and I basically DM'd you this tweet about this black guy who said that his parents were married for like maybe 30 years or 40 years, and all of a sudden they divorced because dad got so sick and mom didn't want to stick with the whole, you know, the sickness and shit, so she divorced him. So I, I'm not married. So, you know, the vows are like, dude, for in sickness and health to death, do you part that kind of shit? They should put debt, debt in that fucking, uh, in those vows. Debt so, should be in those vows in, in, in order to basically say to death, do you part? Like they should put debt in there. Yeah. I mean, like, I just, I, I, I really did not understand, like when... Even with the with the Medicare for all thing, it's just like, how do you not push back on that? And that's why I was like, what people have to understand is, and look, like I said, I agree with Jimmy. We agree on most of the issues, but it, it, it's very apparent to me now. Like, I guess we don't agree in reference to the border anymore. I, I guess. Jimmy, know, Jimmy knows why people are coming at the border. He knows it's because America is fucking around these other countries. They're not letting them come together economically. So why he's letting him run his mouth? He he, he it was a straight up lie. He was lying throughout the entire thing. And, and that was not that was not mentioned during that entire discussion either. That was it was never mentioned. Okay, why are they coming here to the begin with? And that was the, that was another thing that bothered me. I'm like, we're not going to talk about like why they're coming here to begin with. You're just going to let RFK Jr. just sit there and basically scapegoat immigrant people like that shit pissed me off.
And yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, you can't at, at some point, like you guys have to understand this interview was not virtual. This interview was in person. You all know that Jimmy streams from his garage, which means that RFK Jr. was at his house. Yep. So sit back and think about that for a second. And I'm like, are you afraid to push push back on him with a lot of this stuff because he's at your house? Exactly. Exactly. He's afraid. I watched a little bit of the interview and I can tell Jimmy was heartbroken. I can tell that he really supported um, Robert. You can clearly see. I clearly saw that he was just heartbroken over um, Robert. But I'm going to tell you where it's well, we all know where it started. He was. um, I'm sorry for cutting off the Tory. But why have foot in two camps? He says he he he'll vote Coronel West. He likes Coronel West, but the other foot is on the RFK camp. Why not put both your feet on the Cornell West camp and just drive it home? Anybody, any motherfucker in that chat that doesn't like the word Cornell West, get rid of him. Because the majority of the audience members like RFK Jr. or Trump, based mm-hmm. on what I've seen from the comments, yeah. that's why. Yeah, I yeah. saw a comment that said that. Well, uh, RFK is not going to be a Democrat nominee. I'm going to go Trump. Go ahead, Natori. Sorry. And a lot of people um, do have to realize, because I see Robert talking points. To me, he gives me Obama. He gives me Republican. He gives me a Republican. And that's why a lot of Republicans love him, too. I saw the shit he was spilling. I won't go fuck with him anyway. Y'all know I don't fuck with Democrats no more. But the shit he was saying about the vaccines and stuff, a lot of these white liberals that were for Bernie, and now they're going over to Robert, and that's weird as fuck to me, because how do you not like the squad? You don't like the Democrats, but yet he's saying some good stuff, and y'all just oohing and on. Because he's speaking to uh, to issues that affect white people, because he was speaking to the pandemic, which that's something that actually did affect, you know, not just black people, it affected white people like the lockdowns affected white people the vaccine injuries affected white people as well Mm -hmm. so he's speaking to things that really upset white people and made white people for the first time at least in my generation feel like you know their civil liberties and whatever so to speak were being taken away that's why you guys got to sit back and think about the fact if if rfk jr was black and he had that voice and saying the shit that he says about Israel and Palestine and stuff like that, people would have came for his head a long time ago. They wouldn't be trying to platform him on all these fucking platforms. This is like, this is just the reality of the situation. And I think that's what this is really about. And so I called that shit out on Twitter. I'm sure you saw in the Tory. As I said, I was like, we got to get over like this, this idea of white comfort. Like you can't uh, upset say something that is going to um, speak to black issues or Palestinian rights or anything like that, because it's going to make certain white people uncomfortable because it doesn't involve them. And you got to get, yeah, you got to get past that. Like I said to that girl, Lori, who got mad because I blocked her. Yeah. I blocked the bitch. Okay. I saw your thread and and somebody was responding to you. And as as the thread went longer and longer, somebody called you racist. Somebody yeah, that was my word of the day. White, white. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so let me. So, so um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
what really pissed me Go ahead. Robert and Marianne is when they say she like they don't support giving checks to um black but y'all give it to the Jews. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> give it to both of us instead of just the Jews. And let me tell you about this. Robert, when they the Democrats came after him with the um like, oh, he's racist against Jews or ins- that, all that bullshit. He went so hardcore in that rabbi thing when he was with him. That's when a lot of people start like looking at him. I'm talking about the, uh, some of the white folks start looking at him different. And then what topped the cake was that Jimmy, the Jimmy Dore interview is just a mess. Yeah, he did the most. He did the most. And sure, I'll make you a speaker and go on to Dwayne's. I know he's been waiting, but let me um invite you to speak and I'll bring in Dwayne. He did the most stereotypical shit. RFK Jr. go, let me go sit in the black barbershop and have the interview with Math Hoffman. Like, I was just going to go there. Stereotypical. You sitting in the black barbershop and you go say, yeah, I don't support cash reparations. Motherfucker, get out the hood. Get out. I thought that was like a show or something. Get out the damn barbershop. Naturi, did you see um, uh, Math Hoffa? me about it hello oh, i'm sorry um you, you cut off the uh, notori did you see uh math hoffa interview, hoffa interview. Mm-mm. all right so if you when you tell get a chance to... yeah i'll tell you about it pretty much um when they got to the reparations part um so it's it's pretty more well, math hoffa is it's a, a youtube show um out of harlem out of a barber i'm gonna harlem check Bob. it out because i don't want to you know go over people time but i'm gonna check it out yeah so they broke it up into <laughs> like eight parts but then they put but then and then and then they did the entire stream interview but the one with mm-hmm. the reparations part like um sabrina was saying um the brother with the locks had pushed back on him and I don't think he was quite possibly expecting that because the Democrats always go to when they go to black media, they go always go to black entertainment media, mm-hmm. not black policy driven media. Now, if they go to black policy driven media, it's usually, usually like Lule, like, Roland Martin, Roland Martin or someone, uh, someone Democrat camp or whatever the case is. But um, he did just like Sabrina, you said that um, uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was talking about like you just said, Sabrina. Oh, do something that won't make white people feel uncomfortable or whatever. And the brother with the locks is just like, yeah, but I'm tired of doing stuff that make them feel uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, then you deal with your personal issue. Okay? And then, um, and then the other thing, oh yeah, yeah, he said he doesn't support uh, direct cash payments. Instead, he said, he started talking about business loans. And this is like, wait a minute, hold up. You owe me money. You owe me a paycheck. And you talking about, nah, instead of giving you a paycheck, I'm going to loan you the money that I owe you and make you owe me. You know, so he was, he was, he was pushing pretty much uh, capitalism. It was the wackiest no, shit I heard. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you you owe me, but you know, like like I said, um, definitely check it out. Um, they talked a little bit about um, incarceration. Um, that he was, I guess, he was trying to get his bona fides up 
was just like, yeah, you know, I was, I was incarcerated too. And you know, like <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny. It was like, were you trying to be down? As if it was the same, as if it was the same thing, as if it was the same type of treatment. That motherfucker was a Kennedy. He got the fuck up out of there quick. Go yeah, ahead, Dwayne. So. Go ahead, Dwayne. Uh oh. Oh no, Dwayne, not again. <laughs> oh, there you go. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Excellent. Um, Sabi, I just want to thank you because you said. I was in that chat with uh, with Ashura, and we were like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> and and you just said basically, Sabi, I have to tell you, I have to thank you because you basically spoke exactly what it was that I wanted to. I would have said to Jimmy if I if I was in his face, if I if he was in my if if, if I could talk to him to his face. You said exactly what I would have said to him, and I'm Jewish. I've been to Israel. My grandfather is buried in Israel. But, man, for Jimmy not to push back on what RFK was saying, he sat there with that stupid grin on his face. And this is not how many days is this after he just destroyed, unloaded on Cornell for not being prepared to push back with Anderson Cooper like he's his buddy or whatever. And, you know, you know, Eric said that it was it's like uh, what the things that that um, RFK was saying was like he was in a cult. That is the shit that we were all propagandized with. The Zionist garbage. Oh, they're the only democracy in the in the Middle East and blah, blah, blah. They're so fucking civilized. Civ they're killing fucking toddlers. They murdered Rachel Corey, ran her over with a bulldozer. They killed, they, they targeted Shireen Abu Akhla, blew her fucking head off. I'm, I'm, look, for Jimmy not to push back on this made me sick. And it was good that Ashura was in that chat with me because, man, I'm telling you, I, I heard Kurt the other day, Jimmy's, like, buddy there, talk about how, oh, yeah, how ridiculous Cornell is because he's talking about white supremacy being such a big problem. I'm telling you. Jimmy's got to come correct. I'm getting tired of this catering to his white supremacy shitheads. Okay? He needs to come correct. He needs to, like, I'm against that shit. Because when he's, when he's allowing these fucking immigrant bashing this bullshit, and he's, like, smiling and saying, well, yeah, my tooth hurt. Fuck shit, man. No pushback. What the fuck? And I'll what say, my... and, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. much. People told me, you know, someone actually contacted me when they saw I was oh. going to do the stream. Someone actually contacted me and said, um, I hope you're not going to say anything negative about Jimmy Dore. Oh, I'm like, fuck that. First of all, I was like, bitch, who the fuck are you? What the fuck? What the? That is what, some, what, that what, is some what, crazy what, shit. You can't say something negative about somebody. Let me, let me be very clear. Oh, Look, I'm nobody, not in the cult. I don't care who nobody, it is. I am not in the cult. Nobody is above, cult. nobody is above criticism, period. And I, I don't know where, this, where this, this mindset has come from. Like, no, I'm not one of those people that make streams about Jimmy Dore all the fucking time and pick him apart. No, I'm not one of those people. No. But I, Look, I've been with Jimmy forever. I love Jimmy Dore. 
But look, you got to be, nobody's perfect. He knows he made a mistake. That's why he came back on to say, oh, well, you know, I wasn't at my best because my tooth hurts. Okay, I understand that. But motherfucker, if you're going to come out and you're going to bash on Cornell, talk about how he wasn't prepared because Anderson came at him and he couldn't respond. Motherfucker, you better respond to to this Zionist bullshit talking points we've been hearing for 40 fucking years about how they're the civilized country in the Middle East. Motherfucker, he didn't say shit. He didn't say shit. When RFK came out and said, they steal everything. They yeah. steal everything? The Palestinians? Who the fuck stole Palestine, bitch? And he couldn't say shit about that? That is some fucked up shit. I'm sorry. It's I don't have any really tolerance for that. They stole the whole country from Palestinians. Right. And all those examples, all those examples of the people that you mentioned that were killed. Oh my God. Jimmy covered those stories. So that's why the whole, the whole thing about like, how is that going to stand up? The whole thing about, I don't know enough about this. No, fuck that. You use the examples that you've reported on. How, how, why is it like not once you can't mention the Palestinian journalist that was killed? That shit came back up in the news just last week at the New York City event, which was fucking trending on fucking Twitter. So how can you not even mention that? Like, what the fuck is this about? Oh my God. Sabby, he said his tooth hurt. That's why he couldn't. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is some bullshit right here. So then don't do the interview. Then don't do the interview. Exactly, Roger. I think it was the Kit Cabello show. I was, I I basically wrote something down. Somebody said, oh, his tooth was hurting. I'm like, if your tooth was hurting, then why are you doing an interview with a a toothache? That's right. Bonfire? The motherfucker couldn't light a fucking match, okay? He had his lighter. His lighter wouldn't light up. That takes about maybe a week or two before the fucking hole closed. Look, I'm Why you look, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, let's just always constantly defend Jimmy. No. Like this was no. fucked up. And I'm gonna it call was. that shit out. I'm not gonna sit here Thank and pretend you. like and pretend like it wasn't. Like that that's and I love Jimmy Dore. I, I've loved him for, for like forever. When I was like a, a you know, a Facebook organizer for Bernie. I mean, I was listening to, to Jimmy, and I loved everything he said. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you need. I am not in a cult. I'm not joining or your fucking cult personality me, cult. People to tell me, well, if you if you say negative things about Jimmy, then your audience is going to turn on you. Well, if my audience turns on me, they fucking turn ass. on me. You, you can't be. You cannot be afraid to say things because no. you are worried about how the audience is going to rack. Or they're not going to agree. With you. My audience doesn't agree with me a hundred percent of the time, and I don't want you guys to agree with me a hundred percent of the time. I want you to push back on me sometimes too. God damn it, I'm not perfect. Oh, Nobody absolutely. is fucking perfect. Savvy. RFK Jr., he's this patrician guy, comes from the Kennedy family, billions of dollars. They don't have any problems. That's why he's spouting this racist bullshit. That's what this is. Eurocentric, colonialist crap about these white these white Zionists who came and colonized and, and pushed these, these, these uncivilized Palestinians aside. How it's, oh, they're the most civilized nation in the Middle East. Give me Give me, that is the most 
racist bullshit I've ever fucking heard. And then they keep on saying that shit over and over again. And people see like what you, what you talked about in your show about how Africa is like, no, we're not down with your neocolonialism. You have no right to come to our country and extract our resources. This is, people are seeing that this is what this is. And, and for him to yeah. come out with this old, like uh, racist Eurocentric. Oh, they're the, they're the only civilized people in the Middle East. That's white man's burden. That's some bullshit. That's colonialism. That is, you know, that that shit needs to be rejected. And for Jimmy to sit there with that stupid grin on his face. Now, look, I love Jimmy, but man, you gotta come correct. You gotta push back on that, especially after you you beat up on Cornell and you got this guy Kurt on your show who's ridiculing Cornell for saying white supremacy is a problem. Well, guess what, Jimmy? You just illustrated white supremacy is a problem because you had RFK Jr. on spouting this white supremacist ideology, this Zionist bullshit about how it's, you know, we can look at Palestinians as subhuman and oh, but if you criticize Israel, you're, you're uh, anti-Semitic. What the fuck do you think the Palestinians are? So he's on the show spouting his white supremacist bullshit. You don't even fucking push back on it. I mean, I just thing too. Did you guys notice how that was the very last topic of the interview? Like the entire chat was like, "You better ask about Palestine." Savvy, you know what it was? The whole first hour of the show was like a Marianne Williamson interview. All this bullshit. All this cultish, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is my philosophy on life. I don't want to hear about that nonsense. What are your fucking policies? And and on top of everything else, Abby, this is a great point that was made. Jimmy's big deal has always been about Medicare for all. The motherfucker couldn't even push back on him. I mean, I swear to God, that that was like I was aghast. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you're not even pushing back on universal health care with the only industrialized country on earth without it. Jimmy's been fighting for this his entire career. He's gone to the wall. He's gotten ridiculed. The motherfucker wouldn't even fucking push back on RFK on that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was just a mess. I don't care if it was his tooth. I don't know if it was medication. I don't know what it was. Jimmy's got to come correct on this one. He, If he hasn't come out with a million mea culpas, I'm so sorry. I wasn't at my best, blah, blah, blah. He deferred to Max Blumenthal. Now, we know Max Blumenthal would rip RFK Jr. a new asshole. That's what he would do. He'd humiliate him. That motherfucker doesn't have the guts to go on an interview with RFK, with, uh, with, uh, with Max Blumenthal. We all know that. So, listen, but, but for Jimmy, listen, for the Jimmy. Woman, <sighs> the woman, the woman, Lori, who's friends with RFK, she was in a, a DM group with uh, some of us that do independent media. This woman, mm-hmm. like last night during the interview, she got really upset because we were all talking to each other in the DM group about how disappointed we were with this fucking interview. And she, because she's friends with him, she went off and said she don't care about Israel and Palestine. And people in the chat were trying to tell her how you need to connect it to domestic issues here. She's Mm -hmm. a libertarian. And she was just like, I'm more worried about the border. I'm more worried about domestic issues. And we're trying to make the connection for her. She goes on to say the only way that basically she would even change her support for RFK Jr. is if he like killed a baby. These motherfuckers are that obsessed with this fucking guy. That's how far this goes. And I was just like, what the hell is wrong with you? This woman told me when we started talking about the interviews, this woman told me, well, 
you're probably you're not getting the interview because you're hostile. This bitch called me hostile. <laughs> then she went on to call me angry. She was just using all these. That means you ask relevant questions. That's all that right. means. Right. She's using these racist tropes. Angry. I'm the angry black woman. I'm hostile. Uh, then she went that. on to say that I was unprofessional. And, you know, I could have said some things that I decided not to say. But I'm thinking to myself, like, how many people have you interviewed? How many people have I interviewed? I said, I've never been unprofessional towards about your qualifications. And she goes, well, I'm talking about the way that you're speaking in here. Anything, let, let me finish. Anything said about Bobby Kennedy behind his back is going to get back to him. And then she said a little weak. And so people are like, oh, so basically, Lori, you a snitch? And she said, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I tell him these things and da, da, da. And we were like, bitch, get the fuck out this DM group, okay? Because basically, she was in that DM. It's an anti-imperialist group. It's not an RFK group or anything like that. She was in that DM group to spy on shit for the RFK Jr. campaign. That's right. And she was going back telling shit to the campaign. This bitch would not remove it. Colin was like, Lori, you better take that comment back that you said to like Sabby. And she was just like, you're just a, you're just an angry person. You're just a da da da. And I say, you know what, bitch? Let me uh -huh. show you how angry I am right now. Yeah. And I block her ass. Good. Fuck that. Yeah. Those them damn libertarians. And they sitting up there saying all that shit. Listen, let me tell you something. I fucking defended them when we had that Rage Against the War Machine rally. And I was like, we all got to come together for an anti-war issue. But then I'm seeing like all these fucking tweets from the New Hampshire Libertarian Party saying racist shit all the time, yep. calling people coons and all right that there. stuff, saying racist shit about MLK Jr. And I'm That's like, right. this your fucking party, bitch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want that bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, we need pushback. We need Jimmy to push back. He did not push back. And that it was a travesty. That was the worst shit that I've ever seen from him. And I've and this watched idea him that we can't talk about. And another thing, this no, idea like, oh, don't it. talk about white supremacy now oh. all of a sudden. They had no problem talking about white supremacy when the George Floyd protests happened. But now all of a sudden that some people, their audiences have changed. And right. all, also that's not trending and popular anymore. Now all of a sudden it's don't talk about race. Don't talk about uh, white supremacy. And again, to make white people feel comfortable. And right. if the people in your audience feel uncomfortable because you're talking about that, then what kind of fucking audience have you cultivated? If they don't feel uncomfortable, you're not doing the right thing. You need to be educating your audience, not placating them. What I see from Jimmy, I mean, I know with the Boogaloo Boy, I was against that, but I came around. I was like, you know what? You're right, Fred Hampton. That's true. We need to talk to people across class lines to build a real movement to change anything, or else they're going to keep us have, you know, keep us at each other's throats, divide and conquer. Uh, you know, Jay, like Jay Gould said, I'm going to get one half of the working class to murder the other half of the working class for the for the one percent he was the one percent he knew he could convince people that you know you can just kill your uh, so they've been doing that forever so we do need to cross uh, talk across class lines but we cannot allow people to remain ignorant and stupid because i'll tell you what as long as these white people who are working class white people are ignorant and racist guess what that does the same thing they're never going to unite with black folk and with Latinos. That whole thing with the whole segment about, about immigrants. Oh, the scary immigrants are coming. 
That's exactly the kind of white supremacist bullshit that divides working class people. We need to be uniting across class lines. We need to be uniting across ethnic lines along class lines. And we have much more in common with those struggling immigrants struggling to survive because our fascist government has overthrowing governments in their country that they're trying to elect for corporations. OK, we have much more in common with those people than we huh? do with some fucking one percent asshole or some racist shithead who's falling for this bullshit and That's allowing me. us to be divided against each other. So it's like he's working. He's talking about we have to unite across class lines and then allowing RFK Jr. to come on and demonize immigrants. This is the same shit. Yeah. And then he's got Kurt talking about, oh, white supremacy. Yeah, what a joke. Cornell's such a jerk off for saying that white supremacy is a main. You know what? Fuck that. Jimmy has got to wake the fuck up. I'm sorry. I mean, we, uh, we need so. to stop catering to white supremacy, but we can do the same thing. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. But we he had no about- problem talking about those issues before. That's, That's right. what I want to point out. Exactly. So something has changed. And my thing is, is I'm not going to, I damn sure am not going to change who I am. I'm not going to change my rhetoric to make people feel more comfortable. Why is it no, always like we, like as black people, we got to change how we feel and who we are and and to make white people feel comfortable but it's never the other way around and these are the things that people need to start paying attention to like yes I totally get it's the class war I totally get like there are class issues and I talk Mm -hmm. about that often but you can't sit up here and just ignore that white supremacy is an issue you can't sit up here and let RFK Jr. say that racist shit that he said during that interview and just be like well I don't know enough about this issue. Bullshit. You knew enough about it to cover as many stories as you covered about that particular issue over the past couple of years. And for him to say, he said Cornell West was not prepared with that interview with Anderson Cooper. I felt like Jimmy wasn't prepared with this fucking interview. I said that in the chat. Ashura was in that chat. I said that in the chat. I was like, you were last week talking about how Cornell wasn't prepared. And oh, what a horrible thing. And you read a new one. And then you get into this interview with RFK Jr. and you're like rolling over like a dog. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, not only that, this guy is running as a fucking Democrat. That's right. Hurting, why, why, is why Jimmy sheep hurting people now to the Democrats? Why are people even looking at this as an option? Like, it's seriously, not an what, option. What, what the fuck is wrong with everybody? Oh. Everybody just lost their fucking shit. They this sure guy did. come along and everybody's like, oh, yeah, this guy sounds great. He's right on COVID. He's running as a Democrat. That yeah. sucks, but let's support him anything. Is if you just ignored everything that happened with Bernie Sanders' campaigns, all of a sudden yeah. that shit don't matter no more because you got googly eyes for this motherfucker? Oh, this was oh, just one mind. issue. It's bullshit. Uh, one is. thing I noticed, Sabrina, uh, in that interview is that uh, he never bring, brought up the word poor one time. Not one he, he time. Kept, he kept bringing up the middle class, the middle class. I'm like, bro, it, it ain't about the fucking middle class. The middle class can just stay behind a keyboard doing COVID. It's the poor that basically gets fucking punished for, 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 for this shit. Why are you bringing up the middle class? Because I think that's the one the people he wants to get. He doesn't give a fuck about the poor. Yep. The only person that mentioned the poor once was Jimmy Dore. RFK doesn't bring up the poor. The yeah, poor. Quiet as it's class. kept right now, we are all poor because we're all working poor. We're all struggling to survive in this economy because there is no more middle class. So if you're not talking about those issues, those economic issues, if you're not talking about the poor and the struggle of, of people to survive in this country economically, you're not talking about shit. You're avoiding no, the you're, 
No, you're right. That's that's a really good point. It's like you can't just he did not bring up poor people and they usually don't. Political candidates usually don't bring up poor people. No, they don't want to talk about that. They don't care. We have a massive homeless problem in this country. We have people being evicted left and right. We have rents skyrocketing, interest rates skyrocketing. And none of these politicians, I don't care who, you know, uh, none of them are talking about doing something about this because they're all afraid to piss off the speculators. They're all afraid to piss off Wall Street. Well, until I see a politician who comes out and says point blank, this shit has got to change. I, I'm not supporting them. So, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne. Well, we don't have to wait for a politician. Some of us can get this done by ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It's BlackRock and other and these other out, uh, private equity groups that have owned uh, housing since 2008. We're going to have to start running initiatives to outlaw that Absolutely. in each and every state. You can, I mean, I can't do it because I live in New York. We're not a ballot initiative state, but you are. Yeah, you can um, do it. We can all do it. We've got to just grassroots organize against these corporations. Yes. That's what we've got yes. to do. We yes. can all do and, it no matter where we are. Yes, no, absolutely. But usually, it's all about organizing. People are not educated. They just don't know. They have no so, idea why they're why they're being evicted. They got no idea. Right. They, so, so let, let, gotta, let, me, let me let me say Notori, this. Let me say this. One right? second, Notori, did you guys? Notori just re- responded to this guy that said you can request an interview with Bobby by email and da da da. And Notori responded, said, "Fuck out of here." <laughs> So, um, you, question. I mean, when he replied okay. it, and I see they keep doing that shit with others. So I'm like, nobody like you see. I'm pretty sure they checking what y'all post and checking, especially checking your show in RBN. But they write stupid shit down there like that, knowing y'all don't fuck with him like that. Yo, they took, they put my my quotes from the Rising interview that I did recently. They took and put it in the Kennedy Substack. They know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Didn't he mention you? He he name dropped you, right? Our yeah, in, in the fucking Substack. That's they quoted right. me and everything and put the link to the video. They even so, put my fucking bio in that motherfucker. They know exactly the left, who I am. Like the plague. They do, do not want to come on an interview with anybody who's really progressive. Yeah, the only reason been... why they went on Jimmy Dore, the only reason why RFK Jr. went on Jimmy Dore is because exactly like you said, Savvy, it's the audience he's been cultivating lately, especially like with Tucker. Now, I like the, t- the fact that Tucker's been red-pilled. I like a lot of what he's been saying, but he's, you know who Tucker is and what he's been saying before. And the fact is that Jimmy has been cultivating that type of audience. That's just a fact. I mean, I, I, like I said, Fred Hampton, you got to talk across class lines, even to the racists, but you don't cater to the racists. Fred didn't do that, now did he? He said, you got to renounce the Klan before you come in here. You're going to renounce white supremacy. And now that's not apparently Jimmy's backsliding on that part. Because when you have a guy on your own show saying, ha, 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 white supremacy, ha, 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 Cornell West, what a jerk off. Nah, I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. And then you have, that's what paves the way for a guy like RFK to come on talking about this bullshit about how fucking Israel is so much more civilized than the Palestinians who steal everything. I, I, I will never get up. That was the thing that really set me off last night. When he said, 
to the, the Palestinians steal everything. Motherfucker, they stole is you the Zionists, the Ashkenazi Jews, they with the, with the Balfour Declaration, neo-colonialism, they stole Palestine. The, the settlers are stealing Palestine. They're put stealing homes. Literally stealing homes from people who live in. I mean, uh, and I watched them beat. Listen, I watched on video. I watched them beat a little girl in the fucking street. This is unbelievable. And Jimmy didn't push back. Was that was that a military target? Oh please, that's what I'm talking. They bomb hospitals. Oh well, human shields. We can bomb hospitals. That's some bullshit. Jimmy didn't push back on that. You don't oh hear him God. say you didn't you didn't notice you don't hear RFK Jr. say anything about the Ethiopian Jews and how they're being treated sterilizing in those people in the wonderful democracy that is Israel sterilizing them this is eugenics so, bullshit that's what the Nazis did we have so, the so, we have ethnic cleansing we've got sterilization happening and these these people are acting like Nazis. And RFK Jr. is talking about how civilized they are, and Jimmy didn't push back. No, that that shit last night set me off, as you can probably tell. Because that like, shit made me feel some kind of way. Because I was on the phone oh no. with JB and watching it at the same damn time, and I had to step out for. A, I was like JB. I said I don't know if I can do this. Like I, I was sitting there, and I was literally like yelling at the TV. I was like, "What? Oh. Yep." You know, I, I kind of push back. I was in the Dude Dissidents chat <laughs> with, um, um, you know, those guys in Dude Dissidents, and I was talking about with Russell and Keaton, and I was talking to they were they were Russell was going off in particular. This motherfucker is a fucking psychopath. He's crazy. <laughs> he was like, and I was like saying, well, maybe he's not that crazy. No, he he proved to me during that Jimmy Dore interview. Because he was like spouting just like Eric said. I go go back to what Eric said because that is brainwashing. That is a cult mentality. He's got this Zionist cult mentality where he's like kissing up to Shmuley, which, you know, Shmuley, I see no difference between Shmuley and Meyer Kahana. And that's the whole thing. I mentioned in that chat Meyer Kahana. And Meyer Kahana was a terrorist. He worked in the United States. He's an American uh, Jewish person. And he was um, he was uh, working for co- for the FBI. He was uh, uh, um, working for. Co- he was in the civil rights movement. Okay, during the '60s, and he was um, recruited by the FBI to undermine from within, because that's what the FBI does. They recruit people from inside the organization to undermine it. And he, uh, and he worked as part of COINTELPRO. That what he ended up doing was he ended up going to Israel, forming several different far right wing parties that actively targeted Palestinians. There's no daylight between Meyer Kahana. He was killed, by the way, in 1990 because he was a terrorist. He actually actively killed people in, in, in Palestine, killed people. And he was he was murdered himself in 1990 in New York by by somebody uh, um, who killed him for because he was a terrorist. There's no difference between Shmuley and Meyer Kahana. And this is the guy that RFK Jr. is cozying up to. So it, it is a cult. He's obviously been brainwashed because some of the talking points he brought up were shit that I've been hearing for the past 30, 40 years. And like I said, I'm Jewish. I've been to Israel. My grandfather's buried there. So, I mean, 
I, you can't you call a person like me or like uh, um, um, Keaton or Russell, who are also both Jewish. Yep. You can't call us crazy. You know, uh, oh, you're just an anti-Semite. No, no, no. The Palestinians are Semites. What we're against is for Jews in Israel acting like Nazis. That's what we're against. Like Meyer Kahana and anybody like RFK Jr. And this is why what really, you know, because I was up in this, uh, you know, talking to you, Savvy, about how I liked uh, RFK Jr. at one point because I listened to him on, on the Ring of Fire radio. And this is before it became known to me what his views were about Israel and Zionism. But this is a deal breaker. If anybody supports him who calls himself a progressive after hearing his views, his views, especially the other night when he was on with Jimmy, they're, they're fugazi. They're false. They're fake. You can tell that who, whether they are real or fake by whether they still support RFK Jr. as far as I'm concerned. And that, can, that, that includes Jimmy Dore. Because this is toxic, racist shit here. That's what this is. This is imperialist. It's horrible. It's the, exactly everything that we are fighting against as, as progressives, and it cannot be tolerated. And the fact that Jimmy tolerated it and kind of and kind of looked uncomfortable, and then so well, Max will ask him questions later on. That to me is unacceptable. Absolutely. And it looks and it looks like like I told you, and it looks like Max isn't gonna get the chance to ask him questions. No, after never because RFK Jr. doesn't have the balls to ever debate that man. Because because he knows. He knows he's a lying sack of shit. Just like Russell said in due distance. This motherfucker's lying consciously. And he would never go on with a person like Max who could confront him on facts and, 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 and throw that shit up in his face and absolutely humiliate him in public. And I wish it would happen. I know that they're going to stay as far away from Max Blumenthal as they possibly can because they know it would happen that way too. So, I mean, for Jimmy to have that opportunity that he screamed and yelled about Cornell, uh, you know, uh, uh, missing, uh, with Anderson Cooper, and then to, 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 to shit the bed the way he did, uh, for me, that's unforgivable. Now, I still like Jimmy. I still think he's got the best of intentions. But on that night, that was a fucking travesty as far as I'm concerned. And I, I, I'm never going to forgive that. I'm sorry. But I'll, I just want to let it known to everybody that Jimmy's got to come correct in the future. This cannot be tolerated again. And anybody supporting RFK Jr. is fucking confused because that guy... He's just wrong, and, and nobody should support him. Nobody calling him. I hear you, Dwayne. Dwayne, let me make you a speaker and bring in Noel. So Listen, you to speak and bring in Noel, and then I'll bring in Robin. Good evening, um, everybody. Um, let me just say, first of all, I have not seen the interview. And I was doing my best to hold my peace and listen down below. But I just had to speak on a, a few things because... As I listen to Dwayne and I listen to you all talk about this position or lack of position that Jimmy Dore has taken in this interview with RFK Jr., it resonates to me again. You know, and I've said it again and again and again, this is Plantation Nation. And the underpinning of how this system works is based on a capitalism that have that has been operationalized through white supremacy this country has never come to terms 
with its white supremacist roots and underpinnings. And as um, Chris Hedges has said, imperialism is the outward face of America's inward facing white supremacy. They are one in the same. They're just facing in two different directions. And if you seek to draw the connections between the oppressed people of color, as much as I don't like that terminology because we are, we're all of us individualized more than just color. But when you seek to draw those connection points, if you see the connection between the outward imperialist face and the inward white supremacist face, you're going to be persona non grata in this country. And you see it all throughout the political sphere. Dr. West is the only person who is really speaking about that truth to all the powers. And so he has to be she-she poo-pooed and marginalized and minimalized every which way you can. But I also say to you, the divide lines are being redrawn. And this country is, you know, as we deal with this global thing of, you know, a type of created environment of scarcity, and we see the other nations on the planet trying to say this is not going to be a unipolar thing, you know, it's multipolar, we're going to figure a way to get away from the U.S. hegemony. What you see is an empire in collapse, but you also see that empire that is underpinned with right supremacy attempting to galvanize, you know, the white portion of the planet and redraw those lines. And it's, it's happening. And so to bring it closer to home, if RFK is choosing to run in the Democratic Party and he's talking about recapturing the Democrat party of his father and uncle and this and that, he is still moving or looking backward, trying to go forward. There is no period in American history prior to now where things have been better for everybody. And that's because it has never been better for the descendants of slaves in this country. So when you look back and try to recapture that, that's saying who you are. And to um, Dwayne's point, as RFK begins to take these more, what I would call radical positions around the Israel-Palestinian catastrophe, he is showing us who he is. And what I believe he is doing is attempting to do a type of sheepdogging that's different from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders went and sheepdogged with things that would appeal to the left-leaning side of the party. So he was going to sh shepherd them under the big tent. Now they realize that there is a significant portion of the Black electorate that is either disenfranchised and dispossessed, and they're now listening to Cornell West, or they've been in the Cornell West left bastion of American politics all along. So they're saying, okay, the Democratic Party may have a problem brewing with its most reliable voter segment, which are the Blacks. So in order to replace them, they sent a different sheepdog out. This time it's RFK. He is running to the right 
of Biden. He's saying things that would appeal to the independents and the libertarians who would otherwise lean Republican or those Republicans who are, you know, disaffected from Trump, but they realize he has that core constituency. So you have RFK Jr. out there corralling that group. It's like, well, we know we can't get the hardcore Trumpers, but if we can peel off some of those independents and libertarians and people who lean Republican, some of those evangelicals who were who are in support of the Zionism that we see unfolding in Israel. If he can get those and then lose the nomination and say, I am going to endorse Joe Biden, this and that, it's a different type of shepherding than what Bernie Sanders did. But that way, the Democratic Party may be able to get around any decrease in the black vote that happens because Cornell may secure the nomination of the Republican Party. And this is essentially what neoliberal tears, I think, was saying in the last call in, as he was saying, RFK appears to be running to the right of Biden, and this is the strategy. But he's still in that Democratic thing. And, you know, fortunately, we have the Israel-Palestinian crisis um, as such a um, point of contention because it forces you to see those issues. And there, like we say with the um, Russo-Ukrainian war and this catastrophe between Israel and Palestine, you have foreign affairs that are so great that you cannot afford to be on the wrong side of either because what's happening in both cases is just so clear. So when you come down on the wrong side of those, it actually becomes a reverse um, microscope through which you see the internal workings of empire, the internal workings of what's going on in the American body politic. And so it just clarifies everything. And Jimmy Dore is stumbling and bumbling in this case because he probably understands that a certain contingent of his supporters um, and his subs are people who hold those types of views. But like we say, if you can't come clean and correct on the impact and role of white supremacy in this society, then that tells me your politics basically going to be fucked up somewhere all along the way. Because that, the the relationship, and I've said this before, all of American politics are accorded to white supremacy. People tiptoe around that issue. That is the issue that locks in that core 20, 30, 40% with Donald Trump. They don't care what he do. He could shoot me, shoot you, shoot their mama. But he has said things rhetorically that have sent a dog whistle to them that says, I will restore your privilege. I see you. You're not forgotten. He is a white nationalist and his rhetoric panders to them and they cling to him. So when we talk about talking across party lines and building solidarity, what we have to come to the table understanding is that they don't care what happens to us. They never did. So it's a difficult conversation to have because even though they may see themselves economically as destitute as many of us may be, if they think they can be saved as we perish, they're going to go with it every time. And so they believe 
there is a racial solidarity amongst white people that supersedes the class solidarity that's based on economics. And that's what this nation has been. That has been one of the greatest lies this nation has perpetuated, but it worked. But now that the plantation has been socialized and they find themselves on it, they're looking for an out. And they're yeah, not yeah. morally or, eth or, or ethically principled enough to see through the lie, to see that they may promise it to you, but as soon as we're gone, they're going to subjugate you too. They just can't see it because they have had a history of being given some level of primacy over us. Well said, Noel. I want to bring Robin in because um, I know Robin been waiting for a minute, but I just want to say, and this is also to say, you know, that isn't me. Cornell West is not perfect. He's not a perfect candidate. I have criticisms of Cornell West too. But I think the difference is Cornell West seems to be willing to listen. You know what I mean? Look how many shot, how many times he's gone on to like Black Power Media. Like they really like held him to task. They're like, listen, you gotta you know focus on this and focus on that. Like he's at least willing to listen. RFK Jr. is not willing to. We would come to Israel Palestine. You saw, you guys saw tonight the way he kept interrupting Jimmy when Jimmy was trying to show him things that refute his claims. He wasn't willing to hear. He wasn't willing to listen. That's why he kept, he was willing to like interrupt him over and over. At least Cornell West is willing to listen. And my whole thing is, is like the fact that Kurt made that comment that he made. And I know what you were talking about. Cause I heard that comment, that comment that he made like, Oh, Cornell West, white supremacy. <laughs> no, that's not fucking funny. I'm sorry, but that that's, that's not fucking funny. Like just because he's not running, you know, on, on like, the whole like like the COVID thing or he's not he may not be a hundred percent right on the COVID thing we can work on that and try to get him there these little lines like oh white supremacy Cornell West oh, he's probably going to talk about that white supremacy is real and the reason why Kirk can sit up there and laugh about that because that shit does not affect him and nobody should be sitting up there laughing and I'm looking at the chat and people just like yeah just making jokes and think it's all funny and shit like that what the fuck happened here what the fuck is going on? No, you cannot sit here and pretend like this is not an issue. And you cannot sit there and continue to, I don't give a fuck if your audience get mad at you. If your audience get mad at you because you tell the truth and you push back on that racist shit and you push back on it and they get mad at you, then the motherfuckers weren't real. They, they weren't the type of people that you needed to have in your audience in the first goddamn place, okay? That means they only came around because of either that COVID issue or they came around because of the Kyle Rittenhouse house, uh, issue. And if they're willing to just take the race issue and just push that to the side and say, we don't want to hear about that. Don't talk about reparations. It's divisive. Don't talk about any type of race thing. It's divisive. That right there lets you know that even when it comes to class solidarity, when it comes to the racial aspect of class, which there is a racial aspect of class, they not going to be with you. And there are some white allies, but the people that I saw, the comments and shit that I saw, like in that chat and stuff like that, it was very disgusting. Very disgusting. Go ahead, Robin. Hey, Savvy. Hello. <laughs> hey, um, so let me just say, your uh, session today was on fire. There's so many things that I want to talk about, but I want to hit it and quit it on a few things and then delve into uh, the RFK thing. Um, one, thank you so much for talking about the Niger 
uh, situation because, you know, I don't have the time to dig into those types of issues like uh, I want to, but I thank you and people like Nico and everything for digging into it and giving it to me in a way that I can understand it. And, you know, at the end of the day, that was, you know, what's going on there is totally disgusting from the, uh, from France's perspective and from our perspective. And I, you know, totally stand with the, um, the natives of Niger in terms of saying, this is what we want to do. And, you know, everybody else, you know, uh, F, you know, F around and find out type of deal. So I totally stand with them on that. Um, also, when it comes to uh, the DSA, you know, these people are clowns, just total clowns. And so I don't have a whole lot, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. You did all of that the way you wanted to do it. Uh, same thing with AOC, you know, she is a clown person and we've already talked about that. Uh, uh, but before I go into some of the other stuff, I'm so thankful for what you and RBN did in terms of the uh, labor uh, the thing that you did this past weekend. Um, you know, I wanted to ask your question, uh, your opinion quickly about with uh, Christian Smalls coming on and I know some of the things that have been going on behind the scenes with Colin and them, you know, having different um, stories behind what's going on with that union, what your thoughts are about that after, you know, he came on and all of that type of stuff. Yeah. So I know like they didn't have, they didn't really have enough time to get into like a lot of the nitty gritty just because he only had a limited amount of time. And plus it was a labor summit. And I think the focus was supposed to be on labor and not to make it about like the, the dramatic stuff that was happening. Right. But okay. from, for people who are not aware, apparently um, ALU members are trying to remove Chris Smalls as president of ALU. And, um, you know, they have like different reasons. Like some of the, one of the reasons I saw was because they feel like he's actually not involved with the union anymore, that he's not, that he's going around traveling around the country, um, going to like speaking events, like paid, I guess, events and stuff like that. And they feel like he's not putting his energy into the actual union anymore and trying to expand it. Now, I don't know, like I, I, I haven't spoken to Chris Malls in over two years. I interviewed him two years ago when I only had like 2000 subs on my channel. Mm -hmm. So the interview is still there. You guys can find it if you go way back, but like, um, or if you just search savvy Sabs, Chris Malls, it'll come up. But, um, since then I have not been able to get Chris Malls back on my channel. Like after he won, he never came back onto the smaller channels. Like all of us reached out and he decided to only go on the big channels um, and so I was shocked when I found out he was coming on RBN. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I was really shocked. And so <clears throat> I don't know all the nitty gritty, but I do know one thing I did see recently is that there was a post that he had 
um, where he said, for my birthday, please donate, you know, to ALU. But the donation link was Act Blue, and that sent it off like red alarms to people like, why are we donating to ALU through Act Blue, which is the Democratic Party's um, uh, donation tank there? Like that's Act Blue is the same thing Bernie Sanders used, right? Mm -hmm. So some people like, you know, were screaming about that and stuff. Um, And I think some people also had criticism of the fact that like he was on the cover of all these magazines and he was going on all these like mainstream, like the media shows and stuff, which was bound to happen after you organize like the first, like, you know, Amazon warehouse and stuff like that. Then he said he got a book deal. And so some people felt like he was more focused on like the fame and not, continuing the organizing i don't know because i'm not i interviewed one alu member a couple months ago and he talked about like the still the fight that they were still focusing on um so i honestly can't say specifically because again i have not spoken to chris malls and like i haven't interviewed him in like two years um but i will say that i do know that i think it's a lot to put on one person do I agree with all the moves that he made? No, not necessarily. But I think it was a lot to expect like just one person to, okay, now you have to expand all this stuff across the country. And uh, I don't think it's realistic uh, to be to be honest with you. Right. Okay. I feel like he took the bait. I feel like he probably got shower with a lot of stuff money, book deals, and a lot of people fall for, you know, some people need the money, but I feel like he got swallowed up by it like Jamal Bowman, dumbass. So yeah. that's, but you know what, Sabrina, I can't even give him that excuse for him because the thing is, this is the reason why you are supposed to, uh, was it, um, uh, 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 come to the dance who, who you came to the dance with okay you're supposed to keep going on these shows like your show like the grassroots the, all the grassroots independent media shows to keep you grounded to keep you anchored okay sure y'all could have I don't know do some advice at them or something you know what I mean? Or whatever the case is to keep that. But if I yeah, tell of course, you, you're not going to have all the answers. But Roger, if I tell you I'm going to give you $10,000, don't go on that show, or you might be a strong person, don't take it, but I can keep throwing you money and you tell me if I throw you that money, you not going to go. Let's say I don't go on Sebi's show no more. Don't go on her calling and I give you 10000 What would you do? Yeah, I mean, it's, you ain't got to answer that, uh, Roger. <laughs> but here's something else to consider. He helped organize the first um, Amazon site, right? That yeah. speaks to priority. He didn't do it alone. He helped. And as much of a struggle as it was to do that, he should be able to look at the major forces in this society who were and who were not in support of him because 
those forces are still either in support or not in support. And whenever you do something for the first time, there is always a major inducement amongst your enemy class to begin to deter from the victory you've won. And they can come and they can look like Christmas, but it's really Halloween. And so your mission and your objective when you assume the role or take the role as leader is to stay focused on your leadership. You know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X could have been immensely rich men, but they stayed the course. They stayed focused. Shama Sewant can be a very rich woman, but she stays the course. And you should be able to say and have the maturity and professionalism to say, yeah, I might, you know, the book deal sounds fine down the road, but right now I need to focus on A, B, and C because that's what I'm in the role to do. I can't allow my time to be so distorted and me so distracted till we can accomplish the very real goals that still lay ahead. I can't afford to be doing all them other things and getting involved in celebrity. Celebrity will be there, but we are on a mission and we have a purpose and I have to do, you know, integrity and diligence to the task at hand. Yeah, I I totally hear you, Noel. Um, yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, I don't know all the details. These are just things that I've I've read or saw in passing so and unfortunately like i wasn't on that panel with with chris because i was getting ready for the actually i think i was just coming back from the the mutual aid barbecue um but yeah unfortunately like yeah you came on as he was going off that's right that's right okay because um i think that um yeah unfortunately like apparently they're trying to remove him um, as as president, you know, of ALU, and so there there were some things about that. Um, I'm glad that when he did that interview, I'm glad Rome was there, you know, because Rome uh, knows Chris, and Rome is someone that is obviously constantly doing the work, like on the ground, and he understands like how hard it is, but um. I guess there was this perception that after he organized that that warehouse, that that was going to continue to be his focus. And he was just going to continue going across the country uh, to do that. And from what I've heard from people, they saw him doing other things. So, Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I will leave that at that. Uh, what I will say uh, before I want to, I, I want to drag a couple of other people before I get to RFK or whatever. But before I start dragging some other people or whatever, you know, I want to uh, acknowledge uh, Shama Shawant in terms of, you know, her saying to the uh, UPS folks that they should vote no. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw it, Sabby. I sent you, you yep. know, a video where it's just like, you know, the, the, the powers that be were actually expecting them to strike, you know? And so they were actually, I think, you know, probably pleasantly surprised that they didn't strike, which goes to show that, you know, there are more things that the labor movement with the Teamsters, with UPS can extract from them, you know? And I feel like if they 
say yes to this cause they're giving up too soon you know there's more things that they should be getting in this situation that if they say yes it's off the table for another five years and that is totally terrible you know so um i mean absolutely i think if anybody has any influence or an ear to anybody they should definitely encourage all of their friends and family members that are part of ups to vote no to get them back to the negotiating table so they can go ahead and, you know, and get what they really deserve. Now. Yeah, I totally hear you. I I hope they, you know, I hope they hold out. I really do. (laughs) Right. And so now let me drag Marianne for a second, you know, and I know we didn't talk about Marianne, but I'm just, you know, because she's, you know, there's been so much going on over this past week and, you know, I mean, I know you don't have call in, you know, every other day or whatever, and I understand why you don't or whatever, but, um, okay. So I just want to go back to Kyle Kalinske, you know, and and I didn't have a chance to call in and talk about this or whatever. I want to talk about how Kyle Kalinske is just, you know, off his rocker over how the Democrats are treating Marianne bad as if this is some big surprise type of deal this is ridiculous (laughs) come on now you know and how he's talking about oh they won't let marianne talk to the high school children you know what did you think they were gonna do they're they're not going to they have already told you they are not going to have any debates this is not going to be a fair fight they have said this over and over on MSNBC, they've said it on it and CNN. They've said it everywhere you can think about saying it. This is not going to be a fair fight. So now you're hollering because oh, they won't let us talk to high schoolers. Okay, you know why are you surprised about that? And then now, now I will say this: this is totally you know messed up on you know the uh, the DNC's part. Apparently, I guess, you know, Kyle was saying that uh, Marianne paid $2,500 to get some voter registration stuff or whatever in South Carolina, and they won't give it to her. And then they're still messing over with her similarly in like Arizona or whatever states and, you know, maybe New Hampshire or whatever. But specifically, he was talking about Marianne is not getting her, you know, her due in terms of uh what she paid for in terms of the voter rolls so she can go out and canvas and all this other kind of stuff but again cry me a river i mean what uh, the 2016 2020 what made him think that this was going to be any different in 2024 get out of here with that you know is it wrong yes do i believe that, you know, they should do what they said that they were going to do? She actually paid for this stuff? Yes. If she paid for it, they should give her that information so she can canvas. But if you are boo-boo the fool and you give your money to somebody who you know is a fraud, I cannot, I cannot be sad for you. I'm so sorry. It's ridiculous. I don't think he was really surprised. 
But why is he going through all of this histrionics then about, oh, oh no, my God, uh, even if you don't like Marianne, you should be the blah, 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 blah. You should do this and that. Come on now. Can I ask you a question, Sabrina? Um, yeah. If she if she was paying out of pocket, could could they could she do that as like some kind of tax write off? Wait, wait, wait out of I don't think you can pay out of pocket for campaign. Um, not for politics stuff. Yeah. Okay, because I I heard she mentioned money that she put out of pocket. So I'm like, okay, maybe. Well, she, she can't, can't write it off. Yeah, right. she can't write. Off. No, she can, she cannot write. That is not a tax deductible no. <laughs> expense. You know, when you do it personally or whatever. So, um, so that's no, what I'm it's saying. not. But I'll say, I think, I think that you know, he's not surprised either. But he has to keep up that appearance to his audience to let them think, oh no, what are they trying to do? Especially those who are new, newer subscribers, um, and haven't seen this routine from Kyle before over the past like five, six years. So to them, it may be a new like, oh no, why are they trying to do this? Whereas like the rest of us are just like. This is not surprising or shocking to us. We know what the Dem- Democratic Party is going to do, but you it's it's uh it's called uh keeping up um keeping up those appearances right to make it seem like it's it's shocking and all that kind of stuff. And I hate to say it, but that's what happens when you run through the Democratic Party. I thought Party. you were, I thought right. you were going to say keep it up with the Joneses. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I mean, it, it it's it was it was just you know uh, ridiculous or whatever. Um, and then with AOC, you know, in that situation where she is basically like uh, people are saying, giving Cornell that backhanded compliment. Oh well, yeah, well you know he's really good in the knowledge space and everything. But you know, um, you know, we we really can't do this and that and the other because of Biden and stuff. But I, I just, I hate that. You you know, anybody that's listened to call in and, and who knows me, you know that I'm, I'm not a, I've not arrived at being a socialist or a communist or whatever, you know, but I will say I, I admire intellectual honesty. I admire people who stand by their convictions and stuff, which is why I have no problem supporting you know, you savvy, you know, and do dissonance and things like that, because I know that you all are honest brokers. And so the same thing when it comes to Cornell West, I know in my heart when I listen to him that he is an honest broker. And that's why for me, I am still open to actually voting for him, you know, when it comes to, you know, the uh, November of 2024, I'm very open to voting for him, even though I have libertarian leanings and everything, because when it comes to things like the war and it become when it comes to things like freedom of speech, when it comes to things like ending the military industrial complex, when it comes to things like ending the, all of the alphabet uh, agencies and everything and all of their control and stuff like that, I you know. I feel like right now he is the one person that I can feel like he's really going to do that. And that actually, that, that scares me for him and that, you know, they may rather make a martyr out of him than allow him to move up that ladder. But now did we, did we convert you Robin? (laughs) Convert me to what? I don't know. 
Green or something? Huh? Did we convert you to like Green Party or something? No, you haven't converted me to Green Party. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but now, Sabby, now with that said, I am willing to donate to the Green Party to have ballot access because I am that, um, I'm that passionate about making sure that people have the ability and the right to vote for Cornell West. So I'm wow. not, a, so I will give money to the Green Party to have Cornell West on the ballot. And I may vote for him in November, 2024. I haven't decided yet. I'm still open. I'm open to all kinds of people, you know. That well, is- consider Consider that the fact that AOSC is coming out and talking about Cornell, that is basically a backhanded endorsement. They know he's a threat or else they would not even be talking about him. They'd prefer to ignore him completely. And the dog whistle she was sending by talking about him that way, well, he's an academic. He's removed from your real concerns as a, as a American citizen because he's, you know, he's got his head in the ivory tower. So it's a, it's a backhanded way of subtly delegitimizing him as a, as a candidate. But and the I, fact that she's even talking about him basically is a backhanded endorsement of the fact that he's a real threat to the Democratic Party. And they know And it. I took it that way. I took it that way. And I, look, I'm not even a Democrat. I have never voted for a Democrat president in my life. And I took it that way. You know, and so, um, again, my feeling with these people that are is that everybody that's you know pulling their hair out about Cornell West and all of this other kind of stuff is like okay you've got over a year to um do things that will get people like me and you know or and people on the left or whatever to vote for you but you're choosing not to do that you're choosing the fear monger instead of choosing to give people a reason to vote for right. you. And I'm oh, sorry, you, would- you know, when it comes to, oh, Trump is bad or whatever. No, no, no. We've had four years of Trump. We're going on four years of Biden. And I'm going to tell you for me personally, four years of Trump is better than four years of Biden. For me personally. I'm, I'm not talking about what everybody else is going through. So miss me with all of this other kind of, oh, we're going to fascism or whatever. Because if Apple, let's take all of the financial stuff out of it. When you look at things like freedom of speech, when you look at the, the, the uh, Facebook files that came out with Jim Jordan, and they're saying that they are wanting to, that they literally were screaming and yelling about taking memes, jokes off of Facebook because they were so scared about, you know, nobody was going to take the jab and all of this other kind of stuff or whatever. I'm not willing to vote for that. I'm never going to vote for that, you know, over what's going on, you know, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the jab. You know, because that's not why I called in or whatever. But I'm just saying, I I don't understand these so-called 
Democrats, socialists, leftists, or whatever they call themselves. I, I, and, and I will say, Sabrina, I have learned from you and RBN and all these other kind of people that, you know, the names that they call themselves, they're not leftists. I get that. I really do get that. Um, so I'm not trying to listen to them because they're not really leftists, you know, and I don't want to be fooled by these people that are saying that they're one thing, but then they do something totally different, hey, you know. Um, the biggest mm-hmm. lie that Fox News tells people, Americans, is that the Democratic Party is rep- is uh, the left. They're not the left. They're the more effective evil, in fact, in terms of moving us closer toward fascism. So, I mean, anything that throws a monkey wrench into the into this uh, fascist uh, um, uh, establishment that we've got here right now. For example, I mean, whenever we elect a Democrat, I know because they always have these platitudes and they sound great and, you know, they're characterized by Fox News as the left. We end up with the greater evil, not the lesser evil, because they're more effective at imposing fascism on us. So anything that throws a monkey wrench into this system, we'll have one a, a, a faction of the establishment fighting against another faction of the establishment if we have Trump in office, which is the reason why they're trying so hard to discredit him, to get him out of the race, to to like, uh, oh, well, you know, they're obviously trying to you know, throw so many indictments at him that he gets scared and decides to drop out. They'll make a deal with him. Say, if you drop out of the race, we will not put you in prison. Um, obviously, this is what they're trying to do. So, you know, if they don't want him to be uh, president or to be even running for president, obviously we'd be probably be better off if the guy was actually running for president. Uh, because anything they they don't want is probably better for most people. Uh, so we, we, want the, we want the establishment to be fighting with itself because that way they can't impose their fascism on us. They have a distraction. And we can organize in that vacuum to try to fight them, both sides of that uh, establishment that are, you know, represented by both political parties. But uh, one thing is true. The Democrats over the past 40 years have been much more effective at implementing fascism. So if they don't like a particular candidate, whether it's Cornell West or Donald Trump, chances are we'd be better off supporting those candidates. Is that right? And, that, and, oh. and so, and, and so, um, you know, t- to your point, Dwayne, um, it's just, uh, well, I lost my thought there. But here, here's what I'm gonna uh, go on to right, uh, now is that um, I was listening to RFK, you know, and um, RFK, it's obvious that he is a full-throated Zionist, you know? And so for me, as somebody that's a Christian and that was raised to be a Christian Zionist and has been... Now, I will say that you absolutely converted me against Zionism. You know, I was having some feelings about it or whatever before, Sebi, but I, you know, listening to you guys or whatever, absolutely anti-Zionism is racism it's imperialism and it's fascism I'd go so far as to say it is Nazism with the way that the Zionism is being imposed upon the Palestinians it is ethnic cleansing it is uh, uh, forced sterilization it it is 
terrible. So yeah, it needs to be opposed a hundred percent. Right. And so for me as a Christian, you know, that was raised in that area, you know, of, uh, in terms of, you know, Hey, you should believe in, and all of this and you should back Israel and everything, you know, because they tell, you, you know, um, that the uh, uh, Jews have a right to that land and everything, you know, but then I look at it and say, well, the problem is that, um, well, you know, when God gave Israel or, you know, Abraham that land, he was, he was saying that, okay, I'm going to give you this land and you're going to, uh, you and your nation are supposed to be a light to the world. Uh, to the other nations and everything. So it wasn't like, oh, you're just going to have this land and just going to chill out or whatever. No, they had a mission in terms of supporting to, you know, in terms of uh, being on that land. And so uh, to the effect that they don't, uh, you know, use that as a Christian, you know, you know, for us, Jesus says that, okay, well, I'm the light of the world. Now, when it's Abraham's time, they was like, okay, well, you know, God said uh, that Israel is supposed to be a light to the nations. As a Christian, Jesus says that he's fulfilling that and saying, well, I am that light type of deal, you know. Uh, and so then that's why uh, it becomes a situation where, okay, well, it, it's not no longer about the physical land anymore for Christians, I can't talk about Jews, but for Christians, it's not about the physical land. Uh, it's about the heart, you know, and even in Jewish texts and stuff, you know, God talks about the, the how, you know, even though the Jews circumcise their men and everything, he talks about circumcising their hearts and everything. And so it's never been ultimately about, you know, land. It's been about people's hearts. And then even also when it comes to, you know, the land and stuff like that, you know, they, he also talks about how, okay, when you have the foreigners among you, you are supposed to uh, treat the foreigners the same way as you would treat uh, yourselves. That's God said that the laws in Israel are supposed to be the same amongst the Israelites as well as the foreigners or the aliens. And so even then, if you are going to say, well, okay, the um, the Palestinians or the Ethiopian Jews, which Ethiopian Jews are Jews, you know, are going to be in this land, everybody should be treated the same. And if they're not being treated the same, then that's not going according to the biblical values that most Jews would espouse. So it's just a situation where, you know, they're not living up to what the Bible, even the Old Testament is saying that they should be living uh, up to. And so my prayer for Israel is to really live up to that, to really live up to the fact that, okay, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue one way or the other about whether that's your land or whatever. You know, uh, I, you know, I don't have the uh, the the bandwidth to argue the land piece. Uh, although I will say that 
in terms of the um, settlements and things like that, that does seem to be illegal and all of that other kind of stuff. But even if you say that they're not illegal, the fact that you treat Palestinians differently from Israelis is wrong. It's wrong legally and it's wrong biblically. And I cannot support that. Bottom line. And I don't understand why uh, JFK is so bound by the Israeli lobby. It's sad. It makes me really That's... sad because he's so good on on other things. But I just yep. cannot get with him on that. Can I, that's can really, I... that's really, honestly, Robin. That's really what it is. Like, I didn't want to say, I don't want to say that on YouTube. But I'll go to you, Eric. I, I see you. Um, that's really what it is. I didn't want to say it on YouTube because I try to be careful about saying Israeli lobby on YouTube because YouTube is funny about stupid right. shit. But um, that's really what I think it is. Like to be honest with you, let's bring in um Eric. Go ahead and unmute. Hey, Savvy, thank you. Oh, no, I lost Robin. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hey, Savvy, thank you for letting me speak and, and, and getting a chance. I know I was on and, and it dropped me off, but thank you for letting me join the, the, the chat here with everybody saying a lot of good things. I, I actually want to just take a little bit different route and just some positivity. Um, I think earlier this week, I think CJ and Nick had Dr. Jill Stein Kashama Sawan on one of the podcasts. And, you know, to me, it's that Shama. was... Shama. I'm sorry. I would say it wrong. My apologies. <laughs> uh, but she and, and Dr. Stein, you know, were such a positive light on that show. And Sawan is such a you know, amazing strategist. You know, when she speaks, she's dropping all these jewels of action and strategy and virtues of you know standing up for what's right all the time she's literally like teaching a class in a sense if you listen to her she's giving ways of how to get things done in in a way that i've never thought about you know at least for me and what was positive to me was that both of them were on the rbn show and to me that's recognition that these people you know that we hold very high are essentially saying RBN's got something. And, 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 you know, the way I see that, Savvy, is that everyone else is seeing it. Because if I can see it, that, you know, people are coming into the RBN shows, including Cornell West, right? All these other people are seeing that. They know that you guys have something that's special, that is not, that's, you know, uh, what would be the word, you know, that's untouchable by the other shows because you guys are so honest and so real. And that's where the movement, that's where the energy's at. And people could see that, you know? Um, and definitely all these other shows can see it too. I guarantee you that if I can think of it, if I can see it, I am sure that they're seeing it too. And to me, that's a positive sign that things are gonna get better eventually, you know, with time. Because we have, uh, you know, the virtual being right on the right side of history everything that we talk about on this show including everything you know with israel being an apartheid state upon the palestinians being that rfk jr is a phony you know because if he was about you know like even a proximity closer to his uncle he would stand up for what's right and that would be to say hey these dark-skinned people 
These people are have been, you know, pushed down. They're living in a prison. They're living in poverty, while the while the Israeli people and the government are doing this to them real time. And if he can't see that, that is showing how he truly feels about people in need. Uh, when he was on that show, Savvy, with the with the rabbi. And I think you did a show on this too, where you were analyzing how, I think it was you that that the rabbi was getting up and, and basically answering the questions to the two to the two guests that you had earlier this week yep. or last week. Essentially, this man got up and spoke for RFK because RFK couldn't say anything because he was being asked first. He was being asked by a woman, a Jewish woman, who was telling him that it's wrong what's happening. But he would not get up because that would have been a point where, you know, that would have been a clip where she's Jewish. She's telling him that things are wrong. And if, if he answered that incorrectly, he was going to look bad. So he didn't answer. And then the other guy, you know, kind of did it for him. And he was a jerk about it. But we could all see that except for the audience. Obviously, the audience was, you know, a Zionist, uh, pro-Israeli government, uh, whatever. But we could see that. And, it's, you know, it's the other disgusting. Thing that's happening too, yeah, it's disgusting, and it's like it's like to me, it's like, and again, I want to bring up the point: it's not just about the Palestinians; it's also about the Ethiopian Jews that nobody else who was interviewed RFK has brought up that part, and that is the reason why his campaign don't want him to come on my show or probably anybody else's show that's going to bring up that shit because when it comes to the Ethiopian Jews, that is a hundred percent racial; they're mm-hmm. Jewish. So think about yes. this now. That's been that shit's been going on for years. And the other thing I was gonna mention to you because I I didn't see I had not seen the interview or the I guess the review where essentially uh, Jimmy was in a sense you know critiquing Cornell and you know what I got out of that savvy was that he he was disappointed in that. Cornell didn't go after Cooper, you know, much harder and that it was like a missed opportunity. But I also felt that uh, Jimmy felt some kind of way because I guess he had they they had reached out to Cornell's camp. And I don't know if I guess Cornell didn't respond or didn't answer him. And there was some kind of some kind of feeling there that that Jimmy got caught. And then now he was critiquing him very, very, you know, very tough on this. Yep, it was over. It was right. over the top. It was over the top because many people interview, but it was over the top when Jimmy Jimmy did it. And the impression that I got was because he offered to help out with the campaign and he didn't get a response. Well, yeah. you know, so what? You know, like, that, that tells me there's there's something else going on there. So, so, but I I will tell you this because I also saw a little bit with pasta, but I, and with Jimmy where they had this sort of, you know, they like RFK, you know, more so than they, they seem to like uh, Cornell. And, and and there's something there, you know, because, and I, you know, it could be, you know, a, a personal preference. I don't know. But I, you no, it's, it. it's not. It's not that. It is the COVID issue. Okay. It's the COVID issue because that is something that affected white people. The things that Cornell West is talking about, and he's talking about Medicare for all and stuff like that too, but remember, they, they passed that now. This is a different right. audience than it was two years ago. 
This is a different audience where when the few times that I've seen recently when Jimmy does talk about Medicare for all, if you look at the chat, a lot of the people Mm -hmm. are against it. That didn't used to be the case. Those are the people that came over for the COVID stuff and came over for the, the Kyle Rittenhouse coverage that agreed with him on those issues, but they do not agree with him when it comes to progressive policies. And if you notice, you don't see Jimmy talk about progressive policies as much like he used to. And that's something I've been paying very close attention to. So again, it's the COVID issue, because like I said, that is something where for the first time in my generation, or at least in my lifetime, white people felt like their civil liberties were taken away from them. So, you know, that's, yes. That's the base. That's that's more the base now. So that's why they sympathize with RFK. Why else would they sympathize with a Democrat? Like th- this shit don't make no damn sense. No sense. Let me let, let me ask you a question. How how can we approach this? I mean, because I know you and and CJ, uh, more so Nick. You know, have been on on um, uh, Jimmy's show, and and he's also been on your shows. It, do you think there's a, there's an opportunity there to ask them, you know, frankly, you know, whether it's in the background where we can't hear you or or on the show, however that is, to ask them to say, hey, you know, what's going on, you know, because we could see that this doesn't, it, it, something's not, you know, making sense to us, ma- ma- you know, make it make sense to us, Jimmy. What what are you doing here? Where we can clearly see with your body language the way that you're interacting with RFK because you can see it in his body language when he's interviewing them. Here's the problem with what Jimmy is, uh, what Jimmy's doing right now. He is looking at what the Democrats are doing, manipulating um, the whole woke thing, using identity politics to manipulate their base, um, even though they're they're for fascism basically. Um, and he's um, uh, using that like a lot of people are to, to, to decry the whole idea of um, being uh, of uh, criticizing white supremacy. And there's a whole segment of his audience now that doesn't want to hear about that at all. But that is a fundamental aspect of what capitalists do to divide and conquer the working class against itself. So if he's not going to address that realistically and accept the, the relevance of white supremacy as an ideology that's used to divide the working class, he's setting himself up for failure. Because if you look at what COVID was about, it was about capitalism. And capitalism needs to do vi- dividing and conquer the working class. So he's undermining his own purpose by turning a blind eye and it's all based around the fact that the Democrats have seen a way to manipulate working people against each other using identity politics. So what we have to do is convince Jimmy again that, look, if you're, you have to take white supremacy seriously as an ideology in order to undermine the effectiveness of capitalists in dividing and conquering the working class or the next time there's a pandemic, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get away with it all over again. And you're undermining your own purposes. If you, if you, I mean, I see Zionism on a continuum since the crusades of European racists 
using their ethnicity, their culture as a justification to go abroad and to exploit people who are different from themselves. They used Christianity before, and it was a white man's burden, and then it became manifest destiny on this continent. Zionism is just an outgrowth of the whole entire thing. And if you look at apartheid, that was also an outgrowth, a Nazism, also an outgrowth of rationalizations that were used in this country, in the United States, to justify slavery, where it was like the, the concept of race was created. It's an artificial construct, but we never had that before. In the, uh, the Crusades, we have to use Christianity as the reason why Europe was so much more civilized than the rest of the world and had the right to go across the country and recapture Jerusalem and, and, and exploit more civilized societies that were more scientifically advanced and more wealthy than the European societies were at the time. But they've always found a justification for their imperialism, for their colonialism. So if we don't, this is my central point. If we don't, my central point is that if we do not attack white supremacy as an ideology, none of that shit's going to be overturned. The, the, it's a, an essentially European philosophy, white supremacy, and that needs to be undermined. If we forget that, we're going to fall victim to the same thing over and over and over again. Well, I just want to—I just want to go ahead and answer really quick. One of the things I can say: yes, I I can have that conversation, but I don't think I, I don't I don't think that's really going to change anything. And I, and I say this because when when Jimmy came on my show last time. And I brought up the comment that he made about reparations. Mm -hmm. I said that you made this comment about reparations. Why don't we just give them health care instead? And I said, I want you to explain what you meant by that. Those of you who saw that interview, you saw me ask that question. And he said, oh, thanks for giving me the chance to explain. And he said, like, I support reparations. But the thing is, like, yes, it's good that he said that on my show. But he's not saying that on his show. Exactly. And there's a reason for that. My audience is a little bit different. Yes, there are some people that came over, they saw me on Jimmy Dore and they came over from the Jimmy Dore part. But for the most part, my audience is a little bit different. I talk about racial issues at least once or twice a week. I just talked about the new Berg 4, which not many people covered, by the way. Uh, and, do and this and in, in did, I think, right? They did, right, yes. They, they did. They did yeah. because they tagged me. They tagged me in it. And there were yeah. other podcasters who were tagged in it too who chose not to talk about it. These kind of things happen all the time. Usually but, you know, when it, it, it comes to like black issues and things that are particularly uh, in reference to, to black people, it's not discussed because it doesn't. It, it doesn't benefit their audience, the audience that they have. So, well, for like example, but, but, you know, their audience people, doesn't think it does, just, but it hold does. On, hold well, on, Duane. one let second, Dwayne. Let me speak because I heard what you had to say. Uh, what I wanted to say was, you know, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially for someone like Jimmy who's been around, who's put a lot of people on. And I've said this before, he's, he has put a lot of people on. And, and that's why I said to you, Savvy, you know, I don't know what sort of relationship uh, you guys have behind. You know, when you're not in front of the camera, but I know, you know, the people that I care about, if somebody in my group of crew, my crew of friends that I have, if they step out of line, one of us is going to say something to them in the background. We're not going to say it for everybody to hear, but we're going to check you and they're going to check me. If I stepped out of line and I did something, 
because sometimes it is good to go back to someone and check in and check in with them and say, hey, look, do you know that what, what you're doing here is, is, is doing this? It's affecting us in this way. Yeah, but it would probably be better for someone who's closer to him to have that conversation. Like I'm not as 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 close with him as right. I think some people may realize. But I want to point out something in reference to Cop City. Cop City is another example where I've seen a lot of people not discuss this issue at all. And I've discussed it like multiple times again, just because I think a lot of people don't talk about it because their audience is not going to be interested in it. But Cop City needs could should con concern everyone. Whether you live in Atlanta or not, there could be multiple cop cities that pop up across the country. And I feel like this is why I don't like when I feel like people just play to their audience. There have been a number of times when I've brought on guests that you guys did not like. And you outright told me like, yeah, I don't like this person. I'm not feeling that person. <laughs> but that doesn't stop me from bringing them on. Like Shahid Buttar, for example, you guys have been very clear that you really don't like hearing from Shahid. But I continue to bring him on. I continue like that's the thing. You cannot just talk about things that is going to uh, please your audience, because what ends up happening is you end up compromising your own principles as a podcaster and you can't do that. And I will not do that. And so that like for the people, the person who reached out to me and said, I hope that you don't criticize Jimmy Dore. I'm like, oh, first of all, who are Please. you? And, and, and miss me with all of that. Nobody is above criticism. This cult-like mentality, I'm not down with that shit. And I don't belong to anyone. I don't belong to anyone. And I don't like it when people make these comments like, oh, well, Savvy and RBN, they're like a part of like that that so-and-so crew or the Jimmy Dore crew or, or so-and-so is a part of like the Kyle Kalinske crew or the Breaking Points crew. Like, no, I'm my own fucking person. And I'm a grown Amen. woman and I do have strong opinions and that is not for everybody. And it may rub some people the wrong way, but oh, well, it is what it is. And I'm not going to change what I believe in my morals just to make certain people feel more comfortable. And I've watched people in this space do this time and time again. That interview last night with RFK Jr. was very disappointing. Hard. And I really expected, I went back today because my husband sent it to me because mm -hmm. he was just like, he saw some of it too when he was very disappointed. Yeah. And he said, why, what happened to when Jimmy would push candidates like this? And he reminded me of that interview that Jimmy did with Andrew Yang. And he heavily pushed back against Andrew Yang when Andrew Yang, Yang said he did not agree with increasing the minimum wage. He said UBI instead. And Jimmy Lee heavily pushed back against him. I didn't see that last night, man. I saw RFK Jr. sit there on this platform and just spew racist bullshit to exactly. defend the Israel state government. And I watched Jimmy George sit there with his arms folded. No way in hell would I have just sat there with my arms folded if he was on my show. No way in hell. None. And if I'm showing you video footage and I'm showing you articles to debunk what you are saying and you come interrupting me, first of all, I'm going to tell you, I let you talk for 45 minutes. You let me finish what I'm saying. The fact that RFK Jr. spoke for as long as he did, and I'm talking the very, even the very beginning of the interview, this guy yeah. went on for like 40 minutes about his fucking 
oh, I was addicted and I went to jail and yada, yada. Boo fucking who? You were a candidate. You are a fucking millionaire and your yeah. family got you out of it. Whereas poor people who have those same addictions, they don't have family or the money or the resources to get them out of that plight. So boo yeah. fucking who? And that shit pissed me off. I don't want to hear about that. No, no, and, and, no and, I, and I agree with you. I, I think, I, I don't know who was talking. I, I apologize if I cut you. Was that Roger? I was just going to say, um, you said Shahid Batar. Did you know Bakana? No, when I bring on Shahid Batar, people don't like it. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. I like it. No, but um, no, what I was going to say, Savvy, was yeah, everything you're saying is 100% correct. You know, the fact that um, there's a comedian that always says, you know, okay, so you went, you know, you were an addict and you got off of it. Hey, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, like, we don't want to hear that. That's not what we're here for. And you're here to, you know, get our votes or trying to get people's votes to be president. What are you talking about? What are you going to do? And if you have this way of thinking for the people of Palestine, how are you going to have, how are you going to help people of color, people, you know, at the bottom, the poorest of the poor, if you're willing to bend for the, 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 the Israeli pact, uh, you know, lobbyists, you're going to do it the same to, to the rest of the poor people. You're not going to help them because you're going to bend to the money for, for basically the status quo agenda and he right. has shown that he has been showing that over and over and jimmy to your point earlier uh savvy the fact that i guess they have this thing because of the covid uh it's bullshit he should have been calling them out for all the other things especially if if he's not willing to call out apartheid he's not going to be willing to stand up for everything else period that's you know that's it right let's bring in darlene darlene thank you Hey, how are you guys? Um, hey, how are you? Good. I just wanted to say, Jimmy, do I know what he got served? A big bowl of karma. Like, you know, you said you, you read Cornell West. It's not so easy, huh, to sit around someone that you like and be interviewed. Like, he seems to forget that Cornell West can go on, on all these shows for all these years. And then these people have treated him rude the way that he did that night. I'm sure he was taken, you know, taken a little back. Like, you know, Anderson Cooper's probably always been nice to him. Now he's being an asshole to him. So, you know, he's a human being. So, but now that's why I said, now look who, look who it happened to. It's not easy. Cause he's, he, you know, I'm he got, he, that was a horrible interview. Like you said, he didn't, he let him walk all over him and, and, you know, talk and, and cut him off and he didn't, and he didn't push back and it's not that easy. So uh, yeah, I just said he got a big bowl of karma. But the big thing I had to tell you, everybody was talking, and I believe what everyone's got to say. But I got to say at the end, we got to look at it. These people are going to be gone after the Democratic primary. Like, it's not even worth getting mad. All these different, I mean, it's worth getting mad because the things they say is stupid. But they're going to be gone. I want to see what's going to happen once the primaries are over. You know, you got to look at Cornell West. Um, before he decided to run as a Green, was beloved in the left. So now that he's running as a Green, and I think he's even a better candidate than Bernie could ever be. So we got the candidate we've been looking for for a long time, I believe. And I'm, I want to see what's going to happen after the primaries. If you're not voting for Cornell West, then you're not left in my eyes. 
It's like whatever show you are, if you're not behind him and once it comes time for November, uh-uh. And then one other thing I have to say, I hope he would go on Matt Hoffa. I watched the show and, and uh, Kennedy wasn't ready for the pushback that he got. And mm-hmm. I hope he goes on The Breakfast Club and, and uh, um, Hot 97 and go on Drink Champs. I mean, he would be great. You you know, he, first of all, he's into music. So you're going on, the, on these music shows. And then on top of that, you're bringing the youth out. That's what you need. And people would be open to his message. And one thing I have to say also is I think he could win. Everyone, you know, I, I know I'm thinking uh, people say it's not going to happen. Why not if everybody writes him in? And one thing, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it keeps going, but uh, one other thing I had to say, I, I where I, I'm probably different than everybody else who calls in, I like that he calls everybody brother. I like that he's nice to the way he talks to people because it's hard to really be mean to him in that sense. I mean, they do it, but it's a little bit harder. And you look like Corno, I mean, uh, Anderson Cooper looked like the villain because you're coming after that man. And uh, there was no reason for the way that he came. I just think that he's genuine. It's him. And it, it for me, it appeals to me to see him talk because everybody else likes to talk shit about one another. It's nice that he comes down there. And I think he it's going to be a little bit harder for them because they're not going to, how do you come at him? He's in, he's a beloved figure. So now all of a sudden you hate him. I think it's going to be hard. And the last thing I got to say is I think he should talk to uh, Dr. Robert Malone. So maybe he'll learn something more about COVID because at least Cornell West is open to listen to somebody else. I think it'd be mm-hmm. good. Well, that's the thing I don't like about this. Even pasta tried to put Cornell West on trial for COVID. He was saying, "Well, when when are we going to let uh, have uh, Cornell West uh, pay for his um for his Fauci endorsement?" I'm like, "He can be wrong. Why are you blaming mm-hmm. him for that shit?" Exactly. That, oh, yeah. I I I think it's wrong that you know because a lot of people don't have different things on COVID. I'm just saying that maybe he should talk to the guy who did the MRA. And but speak, he don't have to speak to him on camera. Speak to him one on one. Ask questions. Get to learn things. You know that maybe he didn't know because if you've been listening to one side tell you something, maybe you're gonna learn something different from the other side. I just think he's open to listen to things. Yeah, I agree, Darlene. I think that's a really good point. And I think also in reference to the COVID thing too, like let's let's be real here. Like it's not like the majority of us got COVID right from the very beginning to begin with, anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was it was a learning thing. I mean, there were some people that got it right from the beginning, but for the most part, I think a lot of us didn't, and and we had to learn and 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 grow. Um, and I'm more interested in the people who are willing to learn and grow, not the people who continue to interrupt the host and say no, 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 when they're showing you like video footage of the Israeli state like bombing a residential building. Like, I, you know, it just, like, I, I just, I, I don't have time for it, Darlene. Like, I, I really don't. I hear you because once you, it, it, you know, but it was, it was good that it showed him. I mean, he showed who he was. It was like, wow. It was like, okay. But like I said, either way, he's not making it, you know, he's the Democrats are never going to let him win. 
We know that's not going to happen. So I think we just got to keep getting everybody's head November 2024 um, West and just keep looking at that. We don't have to worry about the primaries. All we have to worry about is in states where you can't write him in. And I think, who knows, it would be monumental if he would win. But there's enough people in this country who are tired of the red-blue game. I think there's more than we even think about. So who knows? It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I agree. Thank you so much, Darlene. Also, thank you. Have a good night. You too. He has to. Um. It, it, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Um. First, he loses his shit when someone asks him about what does he think about. Uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee and Cory Bush's bill for reparations. So that was one, and he, he lost his, his shit over it. Then it was Dr. West. Then it was this. So, yeah, I would probably say most of the people that came over are probably due to the COVID thing, which is why he's talking about it like still nonstop. It's like, hey, you know, how many times are you going to have uh, Dr. Robert Campbell on? Like, it can't, you know, like there's other stuff to talk about. You know, you've been talking about this for two, three years. You, We got it. You beat it into our head already. Um, but I think also a lot of people get fooled, like the, the, the audience or whatever gets fooled. The conservatives that came over to listen to him probably get fooled to think that he's probably a conservative, too. So he hide. It seems like he's hiding his uh, his left bona fides because you know, like uh, trashing the Democrats all the time. And I guess there's an automatic assumption is that he's Republican. Um, they, they know he's left, and and you know it's 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 not really good. But at, at the same time, though, he has to stop. I I I really don't like. <clears throat> I really don't like when white friends or white allies gets in trouble with the black community and then they run over to their black friend or whatever the case is, kind of like, oh, protect me, protect me. You know what I mean? I, I kind of feel like that's what he does with RBN every time like he does something, that he gets in trouble. It's like, yo, look, you stand on your own. If those are your friends, stop pulling them in to shit that you started. You know what I mean? Because that's not fair to them. You know what I mean? You, well, you don't do that. If if you got in trouble... Go, go ahead. Sorry. Well, one thing I will say to that point, there was something that happened recently, which I actually did not agree with. Um, well, Nick went on Jimmy's show recently. Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking And everything was going of. fine. Go and then, like, towards the end, like, Jimmy brought up the Cornell West thing again, and yep. Jimmy really went off. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, I felt like that kind of wasn't fair to Nick because it Nick was, was kind of just sitting there, and there was one thing that Jimmy said that really rubbed me the wrong way. Like Jimmy said mm-hmm. to Nick, "Well, you have Cornell West's ear, so hopefully you'll tell him all these things." I didn't like that, and I didn't like that because Nick is not a part of Cornell West's campaign. And I felt yeah. like all this responsibility was being dumped on his shoulders 
And I did not feel like yeah. that was fair to Nick. I I did not like that. That rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. I agree, Sammy. I, yeah, I felt the same, the same way. Too. Exactly. Because like, this is exactly what the Democrat Party does to Al Sharpton and to um, Boulay Mo- Roland Martin. That's the exact same thing. It's just like, hey, how come you ain't getting your N-words in line? What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? The, 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 they go, they're talking about the black men are leaving. They, they're going to vote you're a Republican or whatever the case is. They do, you know, do get, that. get them in line. Get them in line. Yeah, they do. You know, and that's the type of vibe that I got from him. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't like think Nick uh, and Cornell hang out. Nick and is then if it's, and then Jimmy's if it's like, not done. And then if it's not done, then everybody's looking at Nick. Right. And that's why I didn't like that. Not fair to him at all. He's not. He's he's not responsible for you know for for holding Cornell respond you know <laughs> to account for uh, not coming coming hard against Anderson Cooper. That's not his job. He's a he's a journalist. He's on he, you know he's he's doing his job. It's uh, that's not his that's job. Good. So for it almost felt like Jimmy was was holding Nick accountable for Cornell's uh, performance with Anderson Cooper. That was completely and what is this like attitude? What is this attitude of how dare he not answer my call as I want to be part of his campaign? Don't you know who I am? I'm Jimmy Dore, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 the shit. That's what that sounded like to me. You do not answer me? How dare you? But that's why like, you have to be clear. Even when you're the person who's a guest on another person's show, you have to have enough poise in that moment to say, hold on, I am nobody's surrogate. See, they can use Al Sharpton and people like that for the Democratic Party because Al Sharpton does allow himself to be used as a surrogate for that. But here's the thing. You're not going to have me being your whisperer. And the reality is you want to put Nick in this position with all your critique of Cornell. But then when it comes to RFK Jr. on your show, you bumbling all over the place, you know, in the right spot. So it's just but again, I say these people are showing you who they are and the fact that RFK Jr. is running for the Democratic nomination. It is all about empire. Cornell is the only one who is talking about a dismantling of empire. And I'm sorry to go back to Robin's point about, you know, her religious views and beliefs and this and that. If humanity is not at the top of your agenda, because everybody's not a Christian, everybody's not a Jew, everybody is not about what the Bible says as the Bible has been interpreted. You got a whole lot of people in this world who are atheists and agnostic, but everybody needs to be treated with humanity. And if you cannot put that at the forefront of whatever your brand of leadership is, you're going to be a hot mess. And then I say, when we talk about, you know, fascism and um, neoliberalism and this and that, I caution everybody to be reminded and remain aware that all of those roads lead to the same place. If you are not willing to dismantle capitalism in this country, 
Your neoliberalism is going to erode into a type of authoritarianism. Your neo-fascism and fascism are going to all get you to the same place. And that's why Biden is essentially no different than Trump. Trump is in your face. You know, and like Cornell says, Trump threatens to bring us to a second civil war, but Biden is pushing and threatens to bring us to a third world war. They all lead to the same place. If you can't contend with your capitalism and racism at home, you are not going to be able to call Israel and Palestine correct because it's the same creature, but a different face. So if you can't get these things right, you're just wrong. And that's just, we have to start believing these people for who they show us to be. And if you cannot speak at this stage in America's game to the corrosive effects of capitalism and empire, you just are not going to, all you're going to do is delay it. You're going to delay, but it's all going to lead you to the same place. Either you go to the left in terms of the Republican, Democrat, so-called divide, but both of those roads are going to circle you back around to a type of a type of authoritarianism, and it's going to be the inverted um, totalitarianism. It's all going to the same place. Amen. That's why Cornell's um, run is so important ideologically because he is talking about the core things that can see this situation changed for everybody, but everybody is not on that. People want to see themselves saved and see you falter and flounder. I because mean, in this capitalism in this society has caused, uh, has, has, has promoted a division. Among, exactly. Uh, in every way. So we're divided amongst each other along class lines, along ethnic lines, racial lines, religious lines. And that is how capitalism wins. That's why we have to examine the interrelationship between capitalism and white supremacy and racism. If we don't take them all together, then we're going to fall victim to one or the other. And all roads lead, as you said, Noel, to, to Rome. We're going to all end up fascist if we don't examine the fact that the capitalism, racism enables capitalism. And if we, uh, yep. like white supremacy is used to divide us, like you go back to what Sabi said about Cop City. The reason why people, some people don't understand how important it is that we oppose Cop, Cop City is because they think, oh, well, that's for those other people who are criminals. No, if we have a fascist society, we're all going to be oppressed underneath a fascist society. And that is the, that's the way that they allow you to accept that by saying that, no, it's just the other people who are going to be oppressed by the, if we become a, a militarized police state. And when cop cities pop up all over the country and we're a militarized police state and they're taking away everybody's rights, it'll be too late at that point. That's why if you don't face the fact, I mean, RFK is talking about how, oh, Israel's the one democracy in the Middle East. No, they just took away the whole judicial system in Israel. That's not an accident. You can't erode the rights of one people in your country and then have uh, everybody else have the same rights. But to, no, that's not how it works. But to your point, Dwayne, in terms of Israel, they the is a certain segment of the Israeli society was tolerant 
of all the bigotry that Israel was doling out in the apartheid that they were doling out to the Palestinians. But now that they're snatching away the role of the judiciary, some of them are alarmed. And they're not alarmed about what was going on to the Palestinians. They're alarmed because they see what might happen to them. But that is for the communists. I wasn't a communist. but, But that is the frailty of allowing these things to persist and you not speak on the behalf of others. It is eventually going full circle and the demon next door will be the demon at your door. And that was my point about Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is talking about COVID and this and COVID that and lockdowns. If you ignore white supremacy, you're going to enable that to happen again because they're just going to take away your rights eventually. You can't ignore the importance of white supremacy and the way capitalists use these divisions that are created. They're completely bullshit. They're fake. We don't have, we have one race, a human race. We have different, we have different amounts of melanin in our skin. That goes, but that's, that's how they, they use stupid shit like that to divide us against each other. And so if you ignore the, I mean, just because the Democrats use identity politics to divide us, that's the game of the capitalists. So if you ignore that, the significance of that, you are allowing yourself to be eventually exploited in the way that he is, you know, focused on right now to the exclusion of everything else. He's undermining his own cause. And that's what people do when they ignore Cop City and think it's just for the black people who are all criminals or whatever they think. They're undermining their own rights and they don't even know it because they think that there's some sort of a, 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 their rights are going to be protected, but everybody else's rights are going to be. You can't do that. That's not but, the way that, that it works. But let me offer this Chickens one. always come home to roost. Let me, let me offer this one last um, caveat, Dwayne. It is easy for poor and working class white America to believe that it's because they have a, had an over 400 year history of all the detriments or the major detriments rolling to the descendants of slaves. So when you suggest that, you know, if you ignore Cop City, it's going to eventually come into your life. Yeah, we see it. Black people see it because we've been subjected to it for 400 years. But white people know of a history where things that have been doled out to us, they have been spared. So that's what they're believing is going to come to pass. And that's why they say, ooh, let's make America great again. Let's go back to the this and that. Because they're longing for a period when they, their lives had a type of primacy over black life. And so that's all that regressivism is about. But that's just, why they're so easily deceived into believing exactly. these things because they have had a history where those things were true. They're enabling their own exploitation. I I go back to the savvy. I just have to get this in. This one last thing. Uh, They're enabling their own exploitation. It's like LBJ said. You convince the lowest white man that he's better than a black man, and he will allow you to pick his pocket. Mm. Well, let's bring in um, Brent, because Brent's been waiting for a while. Then let's go to Jonathan and then Notori. Brent, you just have to unmute. If Brent's still there. Hello? There you go. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, how are you? What's going on? 
So, um, as you probably know, I'm a huge Jimmy Dore fan. Um, I've been to probably 20 of his shows. Uh, I have the t-shirt. I got his book signed. All that kind of stuff. Uh, the, his DVD. And um, I'm really disappointed in him because I thought he was someone who um, was unfiltered, spoke his mind, um, basically whenever he would interview people, he would act the same as if he was ha uh, conducting a show, all that kind of stuff. And um, it just seems like he's interested in um, access to journalism. He's interested in accessing, having access to RFK for some reason. And I feel that's um, very out of character. I don't know if it's out of character because... Um, I do know that Jimmy um, tries to pander to a conservative audience. Um, I don't know if your your audience is very familiar with my views, but I um, come to clash with people all the time, and I feel that he, um, when I, I ask them about the Russia-Ukraine war, for example, um, people don't like it when um, I try to I ask them questions about the the Russian justification for invading Ukraine because he's very in, um, evasive when it comes to that because I feel like he's trying to pander to a certain audience and um, I feel it's the same with COVID um, he tries to uh, pander to the a certain audience when it comes to COVID so I do see there's a pattern when it comes to him pandering to um, his uh, what his audience wants, and I feel it leans conservative, but he doesn't directly say the the position, the conservative position, but he he hints at it. He he, I don't, I, I want to say he kind of misleads people to think that he's a conservative when he really he isn't. So it's not really surprising to me when in in terms of him pandering in that sense. But what really shocked me was. He didn't uh, call out RFK for a blatant um, um, his his position on Israel Palestine, considering that Jimmy Dore has been very vocal on uh, foreign policy. It just multiple it, times, yeah. especially that issue. It's it's just it, it seemed to me that he he he's becoming the very person that um, he spoke out against. And um, it's, I've accused you of doing this too. I mean, uh, you know, like when, when, when you did the interview with Marianne Williamson, I thought that you weren't tough enough on, on her. Same with Andrew Yang. And then you, t you explained to me that you need to, um, you have to uh, let them hang themselves and um, give the answers and not to push too hard, but I feel like this is a, Jimmy was a little bit different because Jimmy takes a more different. Uh, you're not so aggressive like Jimmy is, so there's a different expectation when it comes with Jimmy Dore. I expect. Well, more but the, the thing is with Marianne too. Also in that interview, I wasn't interviewing Marianne by myself. Right. So that's the other thing. That was the first time I'm having a. You know, I'm really doing a a, a co-host like interview. So that's the other thing. Had it just been me and Marianne one-on-one, -on -one, I think I would have been able to get out a lot more questions, but we had 20 minutes. 
right, which we found but, out about it the, right before right the but, movie. but with Jimmy Dore, I expect more from him because he's so vocal when every time I go to his shows, he's so vocal about the being um anti war and it's just so disappointing to me being like he knows me by first if i go to any of his shows he spots me in the crowd immediately that's how that's how well he knows me and for him to be so a, a coward it's just it's just unbelievable i emailed his his assistant and i told her how disappointed i was like to see jimmy like this he, he he's a freaking coward the way he acted i, I couldn't believe it like th this guy is is spreading it's he claims he, he has a he's uh anti-war or peace or whatever it's just unbelievable that he would let him get away with that nonsense i mean but i told you guys i've told you guys early on this is why you can't be their friend right this is why you can't because the thing is is like for the woman who yelled at me last night like in the dm group and was just like well you've said mean things about bobby in this group chat Honey, all of us have said mean things about RFK Jr.'s policy in, in reference to Israel and Palestine in this fucking group chat. So what? Like, why are you in the anti-imperialist group and you said you don't care anything about foreign policy? Why the fuck are you in this group? <laughs> so it was, it was just so many different weird things. But the other thing, too, was just that obviously if you're friends with a political candidate, you're going to have some type of soft spot for them. That's just how it is. And that's why I say you can't be friends with them. But the other thing is, too, is like I said, it's not even just the Israel-Palestine Israel issue. It's also the mm -hmm. fact there was no pushback on Medicare for all. And oh that's God. been Jimmy's, like, big thing. We all know this, like, right from his own personal experiences. And he's also supported the Medicare for all marches and stuff like that. Yes, so, um it's just it, it there was that and then also like for rfk jr he's a presidential candidate to let this guy rant the first 40 minutes of the interview talking about his struggles with addiction and stuff like that like i'm looking at the chat before the interview even started brent the chat was like free palestine free palestine talk to him about israel palestine that happened at the very end of the interview and then when it happened it was just like why do you tell rfk jr that well i don't know as much about this stuff i'm not an expert you don't have to be a fucking expert when i interviewed uh oh what's his face shit what's the guy's name oh judge joe brown when i interviewed him i'm not an expert when it comes to the lgbt community but when he made that comment like we don't have to call people's different pronouns i pushed back and i said if someone asked me I want to be referred to as such and such. I have no problem doing that. You don't have to be an expert to just say how you fucking feel. Like, the, the, like that's the thing. When I when I interviewed, who was the guy I got really mad at? Oh, the guy from um, World Socialist website. When I yeah, interviewed yeah, yeah. him, remember that guy, Eric London, and he yeah. tried to tell me that people in Latin America, um that they 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 agree with these social issues and I, I had to push back and say i'm not an expert in reference to latin america but i did my research before i interviewed him and i did fucking know that when it comes to the global south 
actually, when it comes to those issues, the social issues, they're actually more conservative. So I pushed back on him with that. So the thing is, you don't have to be an expert. But, but and two, you don't tell your guests, well, I don't really know enough about this topic. No, you don't do that. Because you, you said that to RFK Jr. And you basically let RFK Jr. say, okay, he doesn't know enough about this topic, so... I'm going to run laughed. him. RFK Jr. laughed. I couldn't believe it. Like he wanted, he wanted to pretend he didn't know enough, so that he there would be an excuse. Like he had an excuse ready, yeah. so that he wouldn't have to uh, grill um, RFK on Palestine, Israel, Palestine. And it's just unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe this. Is this the Jimmy Dore that I've known from the past? Like. Where was the screaming Jim? Like I expected the the, the the screaming. I mean, I know that you don't expect people to scream, but I expected Jimmy to be screaming during this interview. Like, what? Where was that? He was just interested in, in access, and he he's become an. It seems like Jimmy has become this the very person that um, he he claims to not like the typical uh, politician who sucks up to get access. And it, it, it was extremely, dis- I, I, I heard rumblings yeah. in the, I heard rumblings like about Jimmy Dore or, or RFK giving an interview and Jimmy being a coward. I'm like, that doesn't sound like Jimmy. And then I watched the interview and I was like, you, this guy, Jimmy, uh, what, what's going on? Is, 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 is he trying to p- pander to a certain uh, crowd? What's going on here? Like uh, I've, I've, I've done, I gave probably hundreds of dollars to see all his shows and stuff. And for him to be like this is just unbelievable. Like this, he, he sounds, he, he's a freaking coward. Like the, the way he was sitting there, smart, like smiling, like, uh, that absolutely disgusting. Uh, something happened to him. I don't know what, what's going and on with him. Eyed, and doughy eyed, even, even at the end of the interview, some of the things he said at the end, like, man, he was just feeding me a line of bullshit. Why didn't you say that during the interview when he was there? Mm. Yeah. Like, why didn't you? I saw people post that fucking clip on Twitter saying, like, Jimmy Dore pushes back on RFK. I'm like, on RFK Jr. RFK Jr. wasn't even there when that statement was made. That was at the end of the fucking show. Yeah, some uh, right. That, when he did that part, it reminded me that the thing you made, remember that thing Trump said when he was at the. He was at some some kind of leader leader summit, and Justin Trudeau went behind his back and talked shit about him. And Trump basically heard that that well, I was there, but you were such a bitch, a coward. You went and talked behind my back. I feel like that's what happened with the Jimmy Dore thing after RFK left. I'm like, he was he was right in your face. Why you got to fucking wait when he's gone to say that shit? Mm-hmm. Sure, you and me were in that chat room at the time, and. Uh... That was obviously Jimmy trying to save face after the fact, and the way he came back. Oh, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't there when uh, when that part was happening because oh, I just yeah, saw that was, day. Yeah, because he, he left actually, and Steph was actually you know doing the, the super chats, and then he came back on, and it was obviously he was trying to save face at that point because he knew. I mean, you could tell on his face during the interview he knew how badly it was going. And he actually came back to actually, well, you know, my tooth hurt. That was when he said that. <laughs> you could tell that he was he was very well aware. 
that people in the chat were very upset with the way that interview went, and he was making excuses for that because he he knew he didn't so, do a good job on that. People were so very boring. angry. People were very very angry. If you guys would have seen, I don't know if everybody saw the live interview. But if you guys would have seen the live interview, people were very upset, and they had every right to be like, "That was, was serious. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah. Sadly, this is uh, this is Eric. If if Brent, you know, he's such a big fan of Jimmy. If he's actually seeing what you know what what he saw, uh, I'm sure a lot of his fans are going to be you know really hating on what Jimmy did, especially again the way he came after uh, Cornell. You know, the way he critiqued them too harsh. Um, so, yeah, it just sounds like Jimmy just went the other way. and He needs to come correct, like Duane is saying. You know, however he does that, he needs to do it fast, and he needs to come at it hard. Because otherwise, people are going to really torment on this and really uh, say, hey, man, what are you doing, Jimmy? This is wrong. Jimmy compromised his own credibility with that one interview, and he undid a lot of the good work he's been doing over the past several years. He really did. Sabrina, um, yes. A lot of that, what he was, what he was talking about, because I didn't stay for the whole interview. I saw that already on Mass Hoffa, and I was just like, okay, he's saying the same. He's telling him the same stuff he told Mass Hoffa, and I just switched over because Lucy and Greg had a show. <laughs> At that point, I, was like, <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. I decided I'll see what Lucy and Greg are talking about. <laughs> Wait, Lucy and Greg has. Lucy has a show other other than her her normal show. They did a show on INN. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Around okay. around eight o'clock, right. and Jimmy was still going. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's okay to disagree with people. Like, Jimmy and I like don't agree on every issue. We agree on a lot of issues, but we don't agree on every issue. And I've said the same thing. Like Glenn Greenwald and I, same thing. We don't agree on every issue. And that used to be like, okay. But now it's like, there seems to be like this cult of personality. Like there was a band that had that song. Um, Live in Color, yes. Live in Color, yes. Love that band. Rock band, they had this song called Cult of Personality. And everybody needs to go back and listen to that freaking song. It was a 90s song, but it's so true. And it applies to, uh, applies to politics as well, not just celebrities. And I think the thing is, is that like, that's what it is now. It's all about this cult of personality. It's like, you can't criticize this person. You can't, like, people contact me who are libertarians and they're just like, I'm going to unsub because you don't support RFK. I'm like, okay, I'm surprised it took you this long. I've been criticizing him for months. See ya. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Savvy knows like, all the songs. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's hilarious to me. It's like, Bye. Like, if if you want me to sit here and constantly like kiss ass for someone that you fucking idolize over the number of times I told you not to fucking idolize people, especially politicians, then you're lost. You're lost in the sauce, and I I I can't get through to you anyway. Remember, I did I did warn everybody about this last year. I said, do not get caught up in these personalities that you see on your electronic screen because they are not leaders we're leaders the leader you're looking for is in the mirror and i was just like you get caught up in these politicians who are not going to do anything for you and the youtube hosts they are youtube hosts they 
are not on, well, I mean, you know, like without present company speaking, you know, but you know, you have to look in the mirror. Roger, 100%. We need to get back to the idea of public service. These are not our leaders. They're supposed to be serving the public. And if they're not doing it, well, we need to get rid of them. And we have this whole idea. You know that whole saying about how the French, the French, uh, the government fears the people. In America, the people fear the government. Well, no, you're our servant, and we should be able to get rid of you you know, peacefully and democratically get you out of office uh, if you don't do your job. Right. But you see, what I'm saying is, well, that's true also. But what I'm saying is put moving them aside and we pass the laws, moving them aside and we ratify our own amendments. When we start doing that, their egos are going to kick in and then they're going to start passing what we're trying to pass on the ballot because they want the credit for it. You feel what I'm saying? Right. That's how you're using leverage of the initiative. And what I was trying to say, like, I don't know, like two hours ago or whatever the case was with the initiatives, is that all, everything that you see, almost everything you see that happens at the national level started in the states. And the states that it started in were the ballot, citizen ballot initiative states first. Then the non-citizen ballot initiative states said, okay, let's dip our toe into the water. The water looks good. Okay, let's put our whole body in now. Then it got up to the national level. I mean, I didn't even know, like, was it the, what was the woman to vote? 19th Amendment, right? That started in the in the states first in terms of uh, uh, ratifying it into the state constitutions. Then it said, okay, let's push this as a constitutional amendment to the U.S. Constitution. You feel what I'm saying? But all of these mm-hmm. things start in the states, you know? And, and this whole argument, well, I don't hear the argument anymore, but... Oh, if you start in the states, then if it fails, then you lose the momentum for the national level. I said, that's not how it works. That's not how it ever worked. Anything that you see done at the national level started in the states first. And it's usually the states that allow the voters to put their own initiatives on the ballot. That's where that's true. That's true. You know and a good I mean? example of that is actually um Obamacare, which was actually Romney care from Massachusetts, which is where I am. That's where that came from. It started in Massachusetts first, and then that became Obamacare on the national level. So just an example of that. I want to bring in um, Jonathan. Jonathan, you just have to unmute, and then we'll go to uh, Natori. I I didn't want to step on anybody because you guys seem to be reading my mind and touching on a lot of the the topics that were of concern to me, I did want to say you and uh, some of your friends have, have done a fabulous job uh, covering a lot of this RFK business and giving the proper context and, and calling it out uh, in, in ways that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there's a cult of personality around the guy. There's a lot of people, including some pretty high profile people that, uh, you know, that, you know, pretty well, um, that, uh, you know, have this attachment like, uh, as my friend Neoliberal Tears said after he had a couple of cocktails last night on, uh, on Brianna's call and, uh, <laughs> you know, people like Pasta, Pasta, Greg Pasta, he thinks RFK is his daddy. And, uh, you know, so, and that you knew those people were going to come at you for telling them a truth they didn't want to hear. 
And I think it's important because, uh, you know, both, as you mentioned earlier, the Medicare for all thing, and especially um, him parroting these, um, you know, Washington blob pro-Israel lobby talking points verbatim, as in he was really well trained in them. This is not something a casual, like he's not using lines a casual activist would use. He's using the kinds of lines somebody that goes to a, you know, an APAC or a JINSA or a Washington uh, Institute for Near East Policy confab would use. And uh, it's important because uh, his, like, basically his, his rubbing elbows with those people, his being on their side, his working with those people pretty much undermines everything else he says about his agenda. Like, if he's in bed with these people, he's surely not going to shatter the CIA into a thousand pieces. He's not going to undermine the military-industrial complex. And he's not going to be, uh, you know, changing Washington from the inside. He's buried deep in uh, this kind of Washington blob. And there is, you know, as uh, C. Wright Mills wrote about in the 50s, uh, and several other people have covered since, the... Uh, the notion of interlocking directorates and they don't realize in the kind of uh, public interest law he does, a lot of it results in uh, grants. I mean, a lot of it is funded by grants from these philanthropic capitalist organizations like the Ford foundation and so on. And the people that operate in those fundraising circles, uh, you know, frequently have overlap with the board of a lot of these Washington blob think tanks. And if he's been running in those circles, and rubbing elbows with those people, he's not as big a contrarian as people think he is. And the fact is, because he's made these issues, um, you know, of of things that he's he's famous for, like his environmental law stuff, where he's done some very good work. Okay, and you know the the COVID things, which when you disentangle them, uh, some of what he says is wrong, yes, but a lot of what he says is not misinformation at all. It's very correct. And the guy's clearly studied his stuff. But that's all people knew about it. For all we know, he held these pernicious views for years. And he's been in with these. We don't know how long he's been, uh, you know, in with these very powerful people. But it does very much undermine. And these are things people didn't want to see. And they're reacting badly to it. And I'm certainly sorry for that. But, um, you know, you uh, you've always been the kind of person that's like, I'm going to do my job and damn the consequences and maintain your integrity there. And uh, you push forward with it and you're doing a fabulous job. And like I said, I, I say that to somebody that has considerable expertise on, uh, you know, Israeli history and politics, uh, as well as uh, the workings of the, uh, you know, the uh, pro-Israel blob from back when I had uh, bad politics and, uh, you know, I'm saying you're doing as good a job as somebody who could have been trained in it or better. You have a show, Jonathan? Uh, I do not. Well, yeah, I do. I have a little call-in show um, with neoliberal tears. But uh, that's about it. <laughs> I love how you added him saying he was drunk. <laughs> it's, like, it's, not, it's not like something. I don't have a YouTube show or a podcast, a real podcast or anything like that. No. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that, Jonathan. Brent, I just wanted to circle back to you to make sure you're good. Yeah, um, kind of just disappointed with Jimmy. I mean, um, 
there's really nothing much else to say, really. I mean, Jimmy, there, there's no excuses. He has access to Aaron Mate, uh, Max Blumenthal. He has access to numerous sources, and his excuse is absolutely pathetic. And the next time I see him, I will call him out on this nonsense because um, the, 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 the appeal of Jimmy Dore is speaking out against the bullshit no matter not caring about people's feelings or the or the politics that was the appeal of jimmy Dore, and the fact that he sat up there like a freaking coward is it's just disgusting and um he'll 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 know who i am next because he sees me a lot so and i won't be quiet just absolutely dis- disappointed in him but that's all I have to say, really. Uh, you've, I think you're the only person left in this sphere that's really kept your your consistency and your integrity. I mean, I've questioned you numerous times because I, I felt that you were doing something very similar, and you gave me an answer that I was very satisfied with. But what Jimmy did was absolutely inexcusable, and I'm very disappointed in him. So, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> Take strength to admit that, man. You, I know you're attached to the guy, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. It's hard to confront uh, when somebody disappoints you, um, and and to really uh, examine things from you know taking a step back and being like, okay, this needs to be confronted. This needs to be resolved. Um, and you know the uh, the prior expectation uh, not meeting what you saw in real life. A lot of people, a weaker person, would just rationalize it and and say and ignore it and say, you know, I'm going to make excuses for it and uh, flimsy excuses that nobody in their right mind would believe. But that's not what you did. So, uh, you know, my hat goes off to you, too. Right. Right. But the thing is, I've never been. I know why people think that Jimmy's audience is crazy left wing because I've interacted with them like you like when I talk about Russia, Ukraine, um, Russia violated Ukraine's sovereignty, and that's for some reason people that they get very defensive. Like, oh, you're um, you're pro Ukraine. You 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 sympathize with Ukrainian Nazis. I'm like, no. If if you want to be a consistent with your principles, like Jimmy claims to be, you you can't let your emotions affect real life. Um, if you want to be consistent with foreign policy, you have to call out what's going on with Israel. It doesn't matter what the country is like. Jimmy was went off on Yemen and about like how the um, uh, Saudi Arabia would kill more than just military targets. He's been, he was very vocal about that, and then he would always scream about how the, the United States would would put that to the side. And then with, when it comes to Israel-Palestine, for him to sit up there and be so silent, he's become the very person he claims that he is against. And it's, it's disgusting to me. And I know his fans, a lot of the Republican conservative fans, they'll find ways to justify it. And then the next time I go to one of his shows, I call out Jimmy to his face. I'll, be, I'll probably be front row like usual. And he'll know that his... That interview was total bullshit. I, I, I cannot believe what I saw. And he'll 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 know. And 
because he, Jimmy has a big platform and for him to be like that it's just not but the thing is stuff is left to read the super chat the super chats the super chat <laughs> and um even some of the super chats i saw were just calling it out right and those are the people that i, I know there's people like that as well like it's a very mixed crowd uh, you'll get some of the 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 republicans people that think that jimmy's uh, right wing because jimmy words things very strategically jimmy's not stupid he he, he knows he he frames things to leave it up to your imagination yes but like make to make a conclusion that he thinks one yes. way but really he's thinking another way because i i've grilled him in person about russia ukraine about covid and um, he would try to wriggle, like, wiggle it out. And I'm, I don't let him do that. And it, but he he has things pre-planned in his mind to con- to bring a certain audience to his shows. So he, he was never really completely, like, fr- uh, innocent in terms of uh, trying to be, uh, um, what's the word, kind of, he was never completely innocent in being uh, unbiased. He, he was always trying to get a certain crowd to come to his shows, but the RFK, I mean, that was just uh, just pure guard. Like that guy was was clearly trying to s- sweet talk. He sweet talked his way out of tough questioning. And Jimmy, the Jimmy that I thought that he advertised, I thought he would just scream like call him out but no he just cowered like a like a wimp oh oh, and 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 by the way i just want to let you guys know um when i brought on uh the two protesters remember you guys remember when i brought on janet and richie uh, a couple days ago they were the ones that confronted him at the rfk jr at the event in new york city i roger i know you were there yeah. in person you guys remember when i brought them on okay um after i brought them on weird shit happened i didn't want to mention it on the stream but uh-huh. it still is concerning uh-oh like let, let me tell you guys something that happened okay so i'm very nosy and and my husband said I'm probably going to be the nosy old lady. You know how everyone has that, <laughs> that one like <laughs> yeah. like nosy old lady or whatever. So I started some sh- weird shit happened. Like I walked outside and all of a sudden some weird shit. I, I noticed some weird shit like uh, I walked out to my car. And all of a sudden, there was just like a flower there by my car that was not there when I went to bed. Just like a random flower just chilling by my car. And I was like, huh, that's odd, strange. That same day, I got a phone call and I didn't, it was just like, I thought it was like spam. But my my phone didn't say it was spam. Usually my phone will. And so I asked the call and I was like, hello, <laughs> my usual, like, I don't really want to talk to you voice. Hello. 
And they said, am I speaking to Sabrina Salvati? And I was like, who is this? And they were just like, well, who are you? And I was like, who is this? And they were like, am I speaking to Sabrina Salvati? And I was like, yes, but who is this? And they hung up. That was that. Then I got an email. There's more. That same day, I got an email listing an entire, like, history. I guess they would say what the history of Israel. Like, there was no, hello, hi, my name is nothing. Just entire, like, history of Israel. I didn't read that shit. It was very, very long. And I was just like, who the fuck is this? And it wasn't like it was like an email address attached to a name. It was just like, I want to say a bot email address where it was just a bunch of numbers. It was like that. And that came through to my inbox, not spam. Wow. <laughs> that shit was weird. Careful. Like, I'm just going to keep it real. This shit was weird. Wow. <laughs> it was after. And again, it was the day. After I had that interview with them and I was like, oh, let's talk about what happened. The it was it was just really weird shit. And I've got a bunch of fucking like RFK Jr. bot accounts on Twitter that anytime I criticize RFK Jr., they just swarm in. And I and I know they're the bots because they, they were not following me before. They're new followers like as of that day just like today, as of that day. And I'm not following them. They're not following anybody that I follow. It's very weird. Or the account was created like two weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to tell I you guys, like shit is fucking weird. Like these people, like I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And the amount of people like the one person who came in th to that thread and called me racist because I called out RFK's bullshit, I was just like, lock. Like most of those people that came through, those people were fucking, I'm like, you guys are either fucking bots or like they all came in swarming in. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Bernie was running in 2020 and the fucking bots came through to anybody that was supporting Bernie Sanders. And that was coordinated by the Democratic Party. Yep. Remember they actually uh, smeared, uh, they, they, they actually, I was uh, in a whole bunch of, you know, because Facebook was bigger at that time in terms of activ activism and organizing for the campaign. And they uh, posted all kinds of like uh, pornography on uh, Bernie Sanders' websites and, at Facebook. Yep. Get yourself correct, a gun, Get yourself a gun. Yo, let me tell you something, okay? Did you guys know, and I saw this too on Twitter, and I told Kim, I said, be careful. After Kim Iverson interviewed yes. um, Alan Durskowicz, she posted on Twitter, like, I think it was either the next day or the day after, that someone tried to break into her fucking house. And the only reason she knew is because they have cameras outside their house. Coincidence? No. Not a coincidence. No, they're watching, especially now, Sabi, because like, your show's getting bigger. So they're somebody, paying attention. 
somebody somebody sent me a super chat eric you probably remember this eric might be asleep i'm not sure but eric uh, one of you guys remember this the other night somebody sent a super chat and they said sabby i'm a reporter for nbc and you're 100 percent correct you guys remember that yeah it was a reporter yeah they watching us man of course well one thing that's uh probably happening with um the rfk campaign i mean they got deep pockets <clears throat> so it's really going to be pretty easy for them to hire people to just be on social media and like whole companies and and their whole job is I, I i think like celebrities will do this for like reputation management and stuff like that and so you i'm sure you know they've hired firms to just be look on up timothy and, mellon timothy mellon who uh he he i posted in the chat he uh funds trump as well but he's a huge donor for rfk jr yep Dwayne, can you guys about that shit the, tonight uh, yeah, Dwayne, can you put that, that name? That name? That name? Yeah, no, absolutely. No. The name? No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. Just the, the name. That name that. You, no, just listen to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. About two hours ago, I meant to ask you this. Can you put that name in the chat of this? You said this name that I couldn't pronounce about someone who was a terrorist that got killed in 1990 or something Meyer like Kahana, that. Meyer yes. Okay, can you? The correct spelling of that in the chat. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he was huge, bad, and uh, he went to Israel and formed a couple of different, really far right-wing fascist parties that were dedicated toward ethnically cleansing Israel or Palestine. Yeah, of course, you know who would know all about that. I'm sure is uh, Max Blumenthal. <laughs> oh yes, he would. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. would know about Marikana. Yeah, we should probably move our queue along. You know, the Shmuley's not really different to, from Meyer Kahana. Anything else, Brent, or I'm going to go to um, Dick? Or uh, no, good. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Let's bring in uh, Soul. Soul, you're the next caller. What's up? Thank you for being so patient. Uh-oh. Soul, we can't hear you, hon. Damn. So I'm going to invite you as a speaker. All right, I sent the invite, and we're going to go to Dictor. Dictor, what's up? Just got to unmute. Dictor has Dr. Phil's face as his profile. <laughs> Dictor, going once, going twice, going three times. Oh, it looks like Saul uh, reconnected. Maybe try him again. So I, I invited you as a speaker, so you got to accept the invite. I think we lost Dictor. We're going to go to go. Uh, Scotty. What's up? Hello. Hi, Saul. I don't know what happened to Scotty. What's going on? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh my God. I'm like listening to everybody. I was like, damn, like everybody's going on, but I'm good. Um, by the, by the way, Sabi, I love you so much. Thank you for being a voice of reason. And by the way, every time Noel's on the show and on the chat, I'm just flabbergasted. Like I cannot follow what she says, but here I'm here, like trying to, um, compose my thoughts because 
I'm just a regular man. Like I always say on this show, I'm just a regular man. I don't have the education as Noel, as yourself. I'm not a teacher. I'm just a graphic designer. I used to be an electrician. I worked in New York as an electrician. I made my life on my own. My my parents disowned me. And um, so I'm here just as a regular folk. And when I hear people talk about their religion first instead of human rights, it's a pause for me. And when I hear RFK Jr. talk about his respect for Israel being the democracy, there is no such thing as a democracy in Israel. Can I hear an amen? I hear you. So, like, uh, Roger Meadows, you can jump in here and you can just help me out here because I'm not a public speaker. I'm just a regular person. Oh. And I have tried to talk to my neighbors because I, I, I grew up in Dominican Republic, by the way. If, just a little FYI for everyone here. I grew up here uh, after age seven. I, I learned the English language after age seven. So my, my perspective on humanity and is, has always been the same. Your religion does not boast your way of treating other people. That never, exactly. that never made any sense to me. Like your religion doesn't come first. It's how you treat other people that comes first. Word. Word. Oh, so, so just yeah, go ahead, Roger. I, I oh, so Dwayne, guess guess what I sent Sabrina? Yeah, I know you guys would know this, being from New York City in the late eighties. Guess guess what guess what I sent her early in the day? What was it? Story of Larry Davis. Oh, Larry Davis. That. That was yes, funny. I do remember him. Yes, he'll run it with the police department. I remember yeah. him very you gotta well. Watch yeah. Savvy. yeah, that's a pretty I, I amazing story. Let's bring in. Yeah, um, yeah, awesome. that, that is really awesome. But like, I waited. You know, guys. I mean, I mean, I don't have a lot to say. But Go like, ahead, so. you know, yeah, I, I I waited for everybody to speak. And by the way, Dwayne was fire. By the way, like he has a lot of perspective on this thing. But religion has never been my my main subject to treat other people how they should be treated. And that's the thing that. And that's the thing that um, politicians use. And that's an access like Jimmy Dore is doing right now. Like, yeah, it, he failed. He failed hard. He failed super hard. Like, like this, to the point, like, what the fuck am I listening to this guy rambling on his drug use when many black Native Americans and all black people have gone through the jail system and never got a bailout. And this man is talking about openly like oh i had a drug problem oh i used to shoot heroin now he's running for president so i, I mean I, and I, I, i'm um, just gonna say I, that's not uncommon with the family um you guys have heard me talk about this before they lobotomized his his aunt remember that well no let, let me continue um you guys have heard me talk about this before in reference to ted kennedy Right? Yes. Yeah, I drunk, told you. Drunk. It's funny. Every time I tell that story, there's always a couple people in the chat that are like, holy shit, I didn't know about this. Chappaquiddick. Yes. Do not know. Oh, but Dwayne, a lot of people don't know about Ch Chappaquiddick. And a yes. lot of people don't realize, for those who are not aware, Ted Kennedy 
got into a car drunk as fuck and he was drinking while he was driving in the car there was a woman in the passenger seat she was supposed to be helping him with his presidential campaign this was originally when he was going to run he got into an accident the car went into the water and he got out she didn't instead of um trying to call the police or ambulance to help her he let her sit there and die and by the way she didn't die from drowning this is this is the kicker according to the the report she died from suffocation which means he choked no not that he didn't choke her it means that what they said is that she died from the suffocation of the air in the car meaning that her head was propped above the water the entire time so she never drowned she died from suffocating in the car and if he would have called an ambulance or the police she would have lived would have lived by the mary, way mary joe never, kopechny right mary joe yes, kopechny. yes. Yeah, mary jo, yeah. he never by the way he never went to prison for this he confessed to the crime but because he was a kennedy he got off and yep. then he went and ran for president against jimmy carter right oh, jimmy and then oh, jimmy. he ran against jimmy carter and what really fucked him up believe it or not was not that incident what fucked him up was during a a mainstream media interview he was asked why do you want to be president and he couldn't answer the question (laughs) that's right that was the primary right he would yep hey savvy can you hear me what's up yeah so i don't understand uh like carwin does this weird thing where and I stopped hearing uh, the discussion when Noel was on. It just went out. So I don't know if that's just the app thing or if that's it's the app. It's the, going. App. it's the app. It's the app, dude. It's the app. Because yeah. I get, yeah. I mean, I, I rig my whole thing to make sure that I, I get to reach Savvy all the time. And every time I go on, it's always deaf. And then I click on one button and boom. And by, by the way, it comes back on. So it's the app, dude. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. By the way, Noel was uh, fired. <laughs> yeah, I I heard half of what Noel said, and then she just cut out. But um, I heard the earlier stuff, and uh, what I will say is, is uh, and I don't think you, I don't know if you remember um what I said when the uh the Cornell uh. West video that he did came out. I'm not done, guys. I'm just waiting on my turn. No, no, no. No, speak on. Somebody said, is Soul done? I'm like, no, I'm not waiting. I'm just being patient. Go go ahead. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Scotty, Scotty, go ahead, Scotty. Okay. Okay, okay. So uh, the last thing I said was um, basically this is the same thing that Jimmy did uh, when um, it was a debate that uh, it was one of the democratic uh primary debates and i think it was the one it was in 2020 and it was the one where um you clearly see that uh bernie sanders was not in the best of health and then i think it was not too long after that is that when he had his heart attack and jimmy was incredibly pissed off about the fact that uh, he said that he was calling out the staff he was saying, why would they let him go up there? Uh, 
and when people are already asking questions about his age, why do they do that? Like, like he's done the same thing, but he tried. He basically was still supporting Tulsi Gabbard in the uh, in the uh, campaign, right? And so, like, he was he was actually a surrogate for Tulsi Gabbard, but no, he also he was not a surrogate for Tulsi Gabbard. No, no, no. He actually he was because they uh she actually brought him to one of the debates as like uh well, part as a part supported Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders burned her. Uh Nico, no, uh, Nico I just want to correct here. Nico House was actually actually a surrogate for Tulsi Gabbard. No, Nico, no, yeah, I know. Nico, Nico yes. Uh, absolutely yes. No, I know that uh, I know that, but like he uh Jimmy Dore was also supporting Tulsi Gabbard, and I do remember that they bought him on as like a um, because he even said that uh, this was when him and Jordan were cool with each other that you know they they bought him on as like you know as somewhat of a surrogate for that night uh, for Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, it was one yeah it was one of the Democratic primary debates, but anyway like. And part in this, one of the things I said was his biggest problem is his fucking ego. Like he, he's very, he can, like the same thing that got him, you know, that gave him popularity when he was with the Young Turks and he was voicing people's anger about how the Democratic Party were treating the progressive base is the same thing that gets him, uh, that, is his biggest weakness is his anger and how he doesn't know how to check his ego at, at times and like it happens when like when it's somebody who he feels that the establishment is doing wrong or he identifies with he goes like soft on him like he did with Tulsi Gabbard like this woman came into your your home gaslit you in front of your audience and I remember seeing the uh, the interview where he interviews Tulsi Gabbard about her um, her endorsement of Joe Biden, and he he sort of he asked her the questions about you know why would you support uh, Biden? And I can he re- I can answer that question right now. Well, let let Scotty finish. What, 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 yeah, my, my yeah. apologies. So anyway, like he he asked, and he do, you don't see the fire in that uh, in that interview. And then after the interview, like later on, he says, "Well, Bernie's just going to do the same thing. He's just going to uh, tell people to vote for Biden anyway." It's like that's not the fucking point, man. You went hard at Bernie as well as you should have, but you didn't give that same smoke for Tulsi. And it's just like. Now people are asking questions where, like, the issue like Israel-Palestine, if you're on the left, you cannot get that fucking wrong. You just can't get that wrong. Like, I remember over a decade, like, and I know that he knows this issue well because if you remember, there's a video, and I, I know the video's still up, of when Dave Rubin was still with TRT. And it was um, it was one of those attacks where, where Israel's attack, 
where they bombed the hospitals in 2014. And Dave Rubin was the one defending it. And it was him, Steve-O, uh, John Adi Arola, and Cenk Uger. And Jimmy and Steve-O were handing uh, Dave Rubin his ass so bad that you could literally see the wheels turning and uh, Dave Rubin knowing that, like, okay, this isn't going to work because if I'm going to be bad on this issue, then I'm going to get called out by the left every time on this. So <laughs> you can see where the right-wing grips turns out. But, like, yeah, like, uh, like he might not going to be an expert, but he was, he was well-informed enough to know they're like, nah, like, uh, Israel, like, attacking the hospital, with, uh, especially with kids there, they, like, bombing schools, like, like, I don't think it, I don't think it was, uh, I don't, I think that he allows his ego to get the best of him, and he, uh, when it's somebody who's, like, buttering him up, like RFK did, or Tulsi Gabbard did, like, there's one point where, Tulsi mentions him in that Joe Rogan interview. And Jimmy plays the clip and he's like admitting, like, yeah, like, I, I like it when people pay me compliments. And it's like, you can't, like, dude, you can't do shit like that because it gives okay. people, one, it makes you, like, it means you're not doing a serious job of interviewing people. And two, like, when people criticize you and say, like, well, he's just mad because, like, certain people don't want to go on the show, the shit lands because when you have performances like you did yesterday. Like, yep. it lands. Like, like you can't... If you, if you don't know about the subject, don't fucking interview, okay? Like, just don't do it. Like, uh... What was, what was the point it? of the whole thank interview you, if you didn't know what he was you, talking Scotty. about? Thank, thank you, Scotty. Yeah. So, like I was saying, like um, all these, like this is something that resonated with me with Convo Couch, um, Isabella, is uh, Isabella, Isabella, Fiorella, Fiorella, Isabel, right? Oh, I know she always corrects me, and I always ask her where you're from. She goes, "I'm from Honduras." I already told you this. It's like I have a bad memory, but I tell her I say the same thing all the time. Don't make anybody a monolith. Nobody here is a monolith. Don't make an idol of anybody speaking here. Not me, not Sabby, not anyone here. Because we're all flawed. We all have flaws. So when you when you put somebody on the stage like what Jimmy Dore has done for RFK Jr., he made a huge fail for the whole of indie media. Not pushing him on the issues that were relevant to what we are all fighting for. Israel is an apartheid state, by the way. I don't care if you're Jewish, because I, I love the Jewish community and I don't care about the Zionist community. The Zionists are not Jewish people and something that Dwayne will agree on. Zionists are not Jewish. Zionists are, they, they, they are, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, uh, nationalist movement. They're not a religious movement. I do agree with that. Yeah, so 
I love my Jewish people because I grew up with all kinds of people. When you grow up in Brooklyn, you meet everybody, Jamaicans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, black, African, Haitians. We all grew up together. We never had an issue with each other. Like this whole thing with the gay thing push. Why is this push with this trans movement with the DNC and, and everybody trying to tell us like there's no, the, the, we have to support this trans movement? No. There's only two genders. There's other things that people like. Yes, I respect it. Nobody ever cared about it. Now it's forefront in our face. And now our kids are facing this. And now they're questioning their own gender issues. And the same thing with, with Robert F. Kennedy. He's trying to whitewash what's happening in, in Palestine. It's an occupation. It's an apartheid. Like what happened to South Africa. I mean, people have died for these reasons. And these people are playing games with words. Yep. And people's I'm, lives. Like people's this lives. Not, this is not just a, uh, well, I don't like this person. And yeah. so we're just going to have a critique about these, you know, type of people. Yes, Coop, only two this genders. Is, Everybody is else playing, is, no, Coop is, is talking like with people's Sorry, lives. And to sit there and to get, and to hear RFK Jr get even like the history of Israel wrong. Like I was cringing as I was watching this interview. Same. It same. made me feel some type of way. And I was just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Jimmy did not talk this way to Andrew Yang. He was fired with everybody else. Yeah, but he they're, shut they're everybody disgusting. down. And you could see it in his eyes when he was like, man, if only he wasn't right on, that's why I played that tonight. If only he wasn't right on this, if only he was right on this issue. No, there is no fucking only. He's a fucking Democrat. What happened to not supporting people going through the Democratic Party? What the Thank fuck? You, you see how people just easily, and Roger, feel free to chime in. Yes, Roger. You see please. how easily people just easily is swept back in to the Democratic Party in the same fucking corrupt system that you know, cheated Bernie Sanders. You see how easily that was to, to happen? Just like that, all you needed was a charismatic individual to come in and automatically just change your mind. And just right like name. that, you change and you went right back into the system that you said you wouldn't go back into. And yes, people were like, well, Jimmy said that he will vote and support Cornell West. Did you see the look in Jimmy Dore's eyes last night? Am I the only one? Who he was all in love all? with RFK Jr. He was all in love. Um, he was like aghast by, oh my God, I have a Kennedy here. I can't, I can't push back on Kennedy right now. He was all about COVID for, for, for Jimmy. And that's it. I mean, he was COVID. Yeah, but, uh... but by the way, Dwayne, we all got it right. Hmm. None of us here, standing here, like Roger Meadows, Scotty, and everybody else here, even Savvy knew about COVID was a fucking push. It was not as they stated online. It was oh, not true. Right. So Jimmy does not get a pass on, oh, he had COVID. No, we all fucking suffered through COVID. I got shut down. I'm a graphic designer. I lost all my work because nobody can have money to pay me to do work for them. Right. That's not an excuse, uh, but that is the reason why Jimmy is uh, aligning himself with RFK Jr. I'm not saying he should be doing that. That's I think it's uh, completely wrongheaded, but uh, that is what uh, – yeah. But why are people still trying to entertain this guy? Like, for example, 
I listened to, I played you guys what Max Blumenthal said on Rising. He was like, well, Stephanie Spears said that they're not going to let him talk to anyone of, uh, in reference who wants to talk to him about Israel. He was like, but so, I don't know, it doesn't look good, but we'll we'll have to see. And to me, did you guys hear what I said at the end of it? I was like, man, fuck him, man, fuck his campaign. Fuck yeah, I, said, I heard that. Like, why? At this point, like, you know what they doing. They doing that shit to you. At this point, man, why you still... Why are you still sitting there trying to like, well, I still want to talk to this guy. I still want to. No, fuck this motherfucker. Yes. And it's like, okay you. to say that. Oh my God. Thank you, Savvy, for saying that mm. shit. I was mm -hmm. thinking the same shit. It's like, why is this motherfucker here? Why y'all still. There's no excuse. You guys, you heard what I told you. I said, look, if you don't want to come on here, it is what it is. But I'll be damned if I'm still going to be sitting around like, well, we'll we'll wait and see. No, ain't no well, ain't no motherfucker. We'll wait and see. Why y'all want to talk to this guy so fucking desperately? You don't even see me in that type of circle. And I said, like, look, I reached out. Y'all didn't fucking respond. Then y'all did respond and said, oh, you're in the queue and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, bullshit. I I just don't really believe this. I don't think this is fair. Yada yada. But it is what it is. But do you see me like? Like for Max, like if I was Max and I was on Rising, I would say, honestly, I'm not interested in the interview anymore. Like, mm -hmm. fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Guy Thank you. To come on your show. The Grey oh. Zone has enough credibility, credibility on its own. They've done a lot of investigative reporting. You don't fucking need this guy to come on your goddamn show. Fuck that guy, man. Why well, give that guy a platform, by the way? Yeah, really. Spouting oh, bullshit. Man. RFK Jr. is worth over $50 million. Thank you. Why everybody want to be so cozy with this motherfucker all of a sudden? Why no. don't we sit back and ask these questions? Why y'all all, all want to be rubbing elbows with this dude? What happened to the people who said, oh no, we don't want to deal with people going into the Democratic Party? What happened to that shit? All of a sudden, y'all saw this guy and y'all just fell in love and fell in line. And that's what I meant tonight when I said yes. some of the people who spoke at the Rage Against the War Machine rally, some of those people I'm very disappointed in. Dennis Kucinich spoke at the Rage Against the War Machine rally, and Dennis Kucinich is sitting up there as RFK Jr.'s campaign manager, sitting in the fucking background, knowing goddamn well he does not agree with RFK Jr.'s position when it comes to Israel. Dennis Kucinich ran for president and he said on the national fucking stage about the plight about the Palestinian people when it was not popular to do so. And now mm -hmm. Dennis Kucinich is attached to RFK Jr.'s campaign, who's a fucking Zionist. What kind of advice is Kucinich giving him? It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, all all that is facts. All that is facts. I would like no fucking sense. Why aren't they calling this out? Why are people calling out some of the same people who are part of the Bernie campaign? Why are they calling out the fact that RFK Jr. is taking fucking super PAC money and he's taking money from, from Republicans? Why are people seeing into this shit? You know why? Because they were like, they got googly eyed. They saw another politician. They were like, he's going to be our hero and our savior. People don't want to do nothing for their fucking self. True. People just sit there and they just wait for a fucking hero to come in and rescue them. When we have the very power ourselves. And that's what pisses me off. 
Also, the uh, thing is that uh, the perpetu- the perpetuation of capitalism, and RFK Jr. is one hundred percent behind the perpetuation of of capitalism. He does not give a damn about the poor people. I don't care how he talks, the flowery words he spews, and how how he was woke on the COVID and like cares about black people. He's all about capitalism. Has he cared about how capitalism is killing black brown people? No, he don't give a fuck. Well, I have two interesting solutions. And that's why he won't come on to my show. He won't come on to my show because he knows I'll bring up those things. I have a solution. I've got some bait to get him on your show that I think might work. Why are you Dr. Phil, Brody? Well, I'm also the most censored dude on Colin, so every now and then I have to use a proxy to, to make my point. I'm, I'm still in my proxy mode. This is just one I made today. Sorry about this one. Don't it's, be a uh, proxy, Dr. bro. Don't be a proxy. Have you learned anything from Ukraine? <laughs> oh, well, there's good proxies. You could use proxies for good. No, don't be a proxy. That's Only good. if you're a hacker, then is a well, good proxy. If you let me make my point, I'm actually about to exemplify how a proxy can be used in a good way. And what I'm suggesting is that there should be much more debate, at least at the very least, between Dr. West and RFK Jr. on the regular they should be regularly doing that. And if RFK Jr. is not willing to debate Dr. West, what I suggest you do is have Dr. West debate RFK Jr. in proxy, meaning you take RFK Jr.'s that. words that he said yeah. in public and you give that. Dr. West a chance to respond to them like in a debate style. And that might actually entice RFK to come onto the show and defend himself in person like in a live debate. Oh. And oh, I, love I recommend- you. I love you, dictator. Dictator, by the way, Dr. Phil is killing me. Oh, yeah. Victor, Victor, Victor Bill. Victor, Victor Bill. Victor. Yeah. But by Victor the way, Bill. every time you use a proxy, you're always uh, killing your power. Well, you're always killing you let, your power. Let, can you let uh, Brody finish? Yeah, for sure. I love him. Well, I, I honestly think if you were to give Dr. West the platform to proxy debate um, Sleepy Joe and Donald as well, that would be huge and that could be enough for dr west to completely sweep the campaign early well before even election season because people are thirsty for debate and if they're not willing to show up i think dr west would probably be willing to proxy debate the candidates until they're willing to show up and defend themselves in person agreed yes agreed but also dr Cornell west he's so fucking smart and he needs to just talk regular to regular folks because he is an educated man. And when he goes off on his on his educated wisdom, which I find lovely and I, I could feel what he's talking about. But when he's talking as a politician, he can't talk that over people's heads. I have an idea. idea. Thank you, Sabi. Love you for that. Go ahead, Roger. I have an idea. So, um, so they, he has to was it get ballot access or something like that in, in these states, uh, Doctor West, right? Yeah, so, but he'll be fine. He's going through the Green Party, and they've done this multiple times. Okay. So, speaking of proxies, thank you. How about we use? him as a proxy use the green party as a proxy mm-hmm. to be like look let's one hand washes the other we get your guy on the ballot you help us get these initiatives on the ballot yes 
and it shows you it sh it will show that we're trying to get this initiative on the ballot to outlaw private equity like BlackRock and Blackstone from owning housing. So we're working that out with the Green Party West campaign. So that shows you his alliance with the policy. How about you help us get these public bank initiatives on the ballot? How about you work in concert with the petitioners to get um, single payer on the ballot? You see what I'm saying? Can combine the two. Yeah, I hear that. I also have a couple questions for Dr. West. I feel like he hasn't answered yet. I feel like if he were to respond to these issues, it could be big for him too. I, I'd like to know what his plans are to do with the Jeffrey Epstein client list information. And uh, as president, what would he do with the Whitney Webb uh, material as well? And I think uh, one of my criticisms of Dr. West is that he's he's such a sweet guy, but it's time for him to take the gloves off a little bit. He needs to go on the attack. And I think if he were to use the Hunter Biden laptop material and also the Whitney Webb material on Donald Trump and his whole network, that that would be well enough to take those two main candidates right out of the race overnight. And I haven't heard him talk on those topics at all. And that's just kind of, it seems like I agree, a, I agree with that. I actually, um, plan to ask him about that. I'm, I'm going to try to bring him back on and um, ask him about those things. Those are actually on my list. Um, so we're reading, you're reading my mind, uh, Brody. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I want to dive more into the corruption and talk about that stuff. So um, I think that I, I think we're on the same wave, wavelength here. <laughs> wavelength. Wavelength. Yeah, the same wavelength here. But um, that's definitely like on my list because now with all this stuff coming out in reference to Hunter Biden and all that kind of stuff, um, and you guys know I've been covering like Jeffrey Epstein like actually for the past, it's been a couple of months. It's been almost a year since yeah. I've been covering that that story because yep. it's new stuff every time. But um, same thing, like I definitely want to bring that up as well to hear like the plan about that. So uh Brody we were like or Brady sorry I want to say Brody Brady like we were thinking along the same lines there but I think that's very important and um you know I'd I'd like to see people ask RK Jr. about that question as well in reference to Jeffrey Epstein that would be really interesting and you know like because I'm formulating this in my mind right now in real time it's like you know I think we could really make this work you help us, we help you. This way, it's not a question of, okay, if you get elected, will you be able to help get medic pass Medicare for all or whatever? Your, your campaign is already working in congruency with a lot of these initiative states to get single payer, like CalCare in California on the ballot. You know what I'm saying? Like, even make the, make the offer and be like, yo, look, you can, we can work together with, you know, with the, like the, to, to whatever groups, grassroots groups are out in California, this state or that state, and been like, look, make an offer. I help you get your initiatives on the ballot. You help me with my campaign. You know what I'm saying? And it becomes synchronous and attached. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yo, he's not just saying what he's going to do. He's actually helping us do it. So if he should become president, 
that'll be the same day that we vote for these things on the ballot. And by the time he takes the oath of office, he'll be like, well, half of us already got this. So he's true to what trying to get the things that we want because he helped us. Thanks. I can really think we forward forward with this. All you people out here, there's, there's a bunch of Ohio's and Florida's and Californians and Maine's and Michigan's and Colorado's and all that stuff in this chat. You know, Massachusetts, of course. Um, I think that's something that we should push his camp, Dr. West's campaign on. All right. I just hope, I just hope that Carno, sorry, sorry, Sabby. I'm going to say I'm bringing Dr. Nick and then I'm going to head out in like 10 minutes. So Dr. Nick, if you want to go ahead and unmute and We'll go ahead and uh, poor Doctor Nick's been waiting Nick. so long. Doctor Nick may be wrong, maybe not wrong. Sorry, Nick, he may be wrong. Doctor Nick, did you fall asleep? All right, Doctor Nick, Nick I'm going to invite you to speak. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Marco um, in the queue. Poor Doctor Nick. No, <laughs> I hate when we don't get to hear from a new person. What's up, Marco? Engaging Doctor Nick. Hey, how are you? What's up? Good. Did you catch Roger and myself on the labor organizing summit? I did. In fact, I, I messaged Roger and I was like, I didn't know you were going to be on <laughs> Roger didn't tell me, Marco. Well, it, had come kind of, it was kind of last minute for me. <laughs> um, you, guys, you guys did like a great job. Like, I just gotta tell you, like, you don't know how like it warmed my heart to see like you and Roger like on the screen together. Like that made me feel some kind of way, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's good to see. Yeah, it was nice. The, um, yeah, it was really sweet. I was looking at Nick's face because it seemed like he never heard of what I was talking about before. Like, oh wow. I feel like all the people on the panel were just looking at us with this really skeptical look like, I don't know about co-ops. <laughs> <laughs> and Roger was right yeah. there to educate. Yeah. Some of the arguments against me were um, were really out of, okay, when I say ignorance, I don't mean like you're ignorant, but ignorant of the dictionary term of ignorant, like yes. not knowing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Specious and, arguments. And what happened was, um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So you were talking about um, Professor Richard Wolf, and I'm talking about the Massachusetts law that was, that was passed. Um, so that's called the right of first refusal law. So what happens is, and they have this in England, because he mentioned that a few years ago. Yeah. When a company, so what happens is, when a company, before a company, before the owner of a company decides to shut down his business, go public to give it to shareholders, outsource out the country um, to do this or do that, they have to first present an offer to their workers to uh, purchase the company, right? And then there's a transition process. So like we have that stuff out here in Long, in Long Island suburbs where there's like a, a, a nonprofit organization group that helps in that process because a lot of the boomers are retiring and their, their children don't want the business. Okay. So they help in that transition to transition them from 
one person own to worker own. You know, they're, they're small businesses or whatever, but you know, it's still a cooperative and so on and so forth. And um, this is how it goes back to what Dwayne said a couple hours ago about capitalism, this, that, that, and whatever the case is, right? This is how you do it, is that you have to have laws in place that would allow that. Now, someone in the chat um, uh, during the show was saying, well, how are the employees going to buy it? Well, a public bank. This is, this is the reason why you have public banks. Yes. Also yes. unions, you know, because... Union banks also, yeah. Union and, and, you know, this is why I'm always trying to advocate for union co-ops because, like, when you have your co-op in the union, you can give money to the union tax-free. Whereas usually when people give donations to things, they have to pay it after taxes. That is so, true. Like, so, like, there's a lot of ways that we can be working together in the two movements, um... Uh, should work together. You know, like um, the largest co-op in the U.S. is called Cooperative Home Care Associates, and they have mm-hmm. 2,000 workers. And like they've made 2,000 people's lives better. But then when they partnered with uh, the SCIU union, they were able to raise workers' pay across the industry in the in their in their state. You know, so like unions and co-ops are meant to go together. I know how to start co-ops. One of the most difficult things about a co-op is the bylaws, and you can do that with ChatGPT now. makes it a lot easier. So now's the time to, to make them happen. And I'd like to steal, man, the Green Party as well and also just extend an invitation to maybe some – because I don't know if you all have a RBN chapter in Texas or Louisiana, but I happen to know a lot of really good black musicians in Texas and Louisiana. And if, uh, if I can get them to come on the show and have them talk to you, I think they might be willing to get something up and started down in those states. That would be awesome. Uh, by the way, Marco, um, I grew up as a raver. I, my community was consistent of trans, bi, gay, everybody. We never chastised anybody for their identity. So that's just me, you know. I'm just telling you, I have zero eight. I was just going to say, Brady, that's actually the plan. So the plan next, um, probably not this year, but next year, the plan is to, at least on my end, the plan is to, now that we've all been up and running, is to show you guys how you can do it in your state, in your area, Right. So that's the plan with the RBN chapters. It's not just to keep it just in our areas because that's not fair to everybody else, right? <laughs> like, but to show you how to do it in your areas. And I can give you guys, like, I'm really good at uh, writing, making lists. Like, I'm really good at that. And step-by-step uh, instructions. So I can explain to everybody, like, break it down step-by-step written down. Also, I can do video and all that kind of stuff and show you how to do it and get it up and running in your area. And th- that's totally the plan. Like Marco, Marco's a part of the RBN Boston chapter, but he doesn't live in, in Boston, but it's because like he signed up for teaching people like how to do work with co-ops and we should be ready to go pretty soon. Sometime, probably sometime next week, I'll send out the email in reference to getting those tickets up and going. Um, uh, RBN is Revolutionary Blackout Network. Somebody mm-hmm. asked. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked, like, what is RBN? Revolutionary Blackout Network. Oh. Somebody yeah. asked. Yeah. 
Go gotta ahead, support, Mark. gotta support my brothers. We all here in it together. Go ahead. And, and just, just how we can also like cookie cutter the RBN chapters, we can also cookie cutter all the co-ops we start up collectively as well, because you know, you can just hand your business to somebody else in another city and let them just run with it. If you're cooperatively minded, capitalists don't do that because they're like gatekeepers. Yes, gatekeepers for sure. Something I'm really passionate about is making the Green Party more of like a central organization, kind of making the Green Party better. And a uh, proxy. No, making the Green Party better. Well, and the proxy party, that's kind of the proxy party's mission, actually, is writing yeah. a really good platform and hoping that the Green Party can actually adopt some of the ideas. And I think what I'm concerned about is another uh, Howie Hawkins type situation. It seems like there might still be some internal kind of instability within the Green Party. And I just want to smooth out those edges and make sure that everything runs smoothly and that it's a stronger party. And then we can have. Uh, more people join them and jump on the ballot, get more, because they need more candidates as of right now. I think we have plenty of room on the ballot for more people to run as Green Party candidates. Plenty of unchallenged seats out there. And if Dr. West was to blow up, which I think he can and will, I think I uh, his poll, he's already polling really well. But uh, if Dr. West ends up doing really well, that would also reflect potentially in other lower Green Party candidates as well. And I'm good it's not at voices. I'm good at voices, but I think Dictor is bad cookies. I tried to do a Dr. Phil voice. I just, my, my Dr. Phil impression is not that good. No, I think you're bad cookies, bro. I think you're bad oh, cookies. Bad cookies comes out. No, bad cookies hates me. Just me. Bad cookies has me blocked. He sounds like this bad is, cookies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is Brady. I'm not afraid to admit who I am, but uh, this is just an unfortunate necessity. But I'm gonna go ahead and you have good points. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and head out, but I just wanna um circle around. Uh Noel, any final thought? Um no, not really. But I do have a, a request. Um for those in the chat and those who pray, my eldest niece is suffering with stage four liver cancer. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. And she's in her early 40s. Oh. And I would just hope that um, I ask of you to keep her in prayer. Her name is Kimberly. Oh, and I send um, all my love to Kimberly. All my love. Thank you so much. But, and it has, you know, me in a very grievous state. Um, I and sorry, I want to thank you for being a safe space for me. Um, You're a beautiful woman. You're a beautiful thank queen. You so You're much. a beautiful voice. And I hope and pray. I don't pray because I'm not religious, but I'm a Buddhist. So I will send every projection of healing energy to your friend so much. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And with that, I say good morning. Love you. Thank, morning, thank you, Noel. Noel. So sorry to hear that. Um, well, sorry, Noel. Yeah. Hugs. I wish I could give you a big hug. She's a beautiful woman. I love her so much. I'll cast a powerful healing spell too. I can send some cancer fighting trees up there. If she's interested in some edible trees that she can eat that helps fight the cancer and just makes her generally healthy and gives her energy. I, I can agree with that though. I, can, yeah. I agree with that. Herbal medicine is the best medicine. Yeah. Prayers help too. 
And, um, and prayers and also help. And healing energy, like your um, positive thoughts, also, also heal. heal. So you can also yeah. send positive thoughts. Any last but, uh, words, again, Oh, go okay. ahead, Noel. No, I just wanted to say I didn't want to introduce this as another thing because I know this is the closeout. And I just wanted to thank you all for your prayers and meditations and sentiments and whatever that you send her way. And again, good morning. And th we love you. Thank you. You're welcome, Noel. Yeah. Last words, Ashura? Uh, this was a good venting session. <laughs> Dwayne wants to say something. <laughs> um... Uh, that that Noel uh, that Noel uh, I was not really comment that uh, what she's going through really basically uh, has me in her thoughts right now. It does. So uh, I want to say uh, tonight was a good stream. It was a good venting one, but uh, I think the Noel bit basically uh, makes me want to be quiet and just uh, hope that uh, her family member gets well. She is I a beautiful you. soul, I and hear I you. hope that her her friend gets well soon. And um, she gets Dicker, the help that she last needs. Last words. Uh, Brady, last words. <laughs> I gotta say Brady. Just gotta unmute. Brady. Okay, that one's Dick stuck. Work. Soul, last words. Uh, I love all of y'all. I mean, there will they won't be me without you. So if I can give you my love, I will give it to you wholeheartedly. And and if I have any money to give you, I will send it to you because you're doing God's work. Not God's work, but the Creator's work. And I'll just add that if anyone is interested in those trees, they are Moringa trees. M-O-R-I-N-G-A <laughs> trees. So you can make them happen for yourself. Dude, I hope They're really I yummy. you live close by because I will hit you up. Yeah, they can, um, they can not only help fight cancer, but help fight hunger all across the world. So look into Moringa trees. Gotcha, bro. Moringa trees. Dwayne, last words? Yeah, I just want to say uh, what other people said and keep Noel in our thoughts and um, hope everything goes well for her, for her uh, family and um, hope nothing, you know, hope everything goes well and um, like you say, Sabby, uh, keep up the fight here. Yeah, keep up the fight. Thank you, Sabby, for all the hard work you do. Thank you, guys. And Roger. I am fighting and fighting for all this stuff that's going on. I stay close to the ground. I fight for people for health care. That's why I fight for these initiatives. J your, your homie, JB. A friend of a personal friend, another personal friend of mine I know in in my personal life, mm -hmm. Brandy, who I think she was on here before. She's not on here anymore. Oh, there she is. She's right there, Brandy. And now I've just added someone else to the list, Noelle's niece. These, this right here is what's important: is that we fight for each other. All this other shit about this host and that politician. Nah, that's not important. Same. This is what is important. That these are the people that get left in the dust when we're, you know, like, oh, this person's terrible and that person's terrible. Look, we're the leaders. Look in the mirror. That's that's the leader right there. If you live in an initiative state, we can fix this. They're not going to fix it. You leave it to them to fix it. It, it won't be a fix. It, it'll be a fix against us. 
So always keep that in mind. We got to run these initiatives because they're not going to do what's right for us. By the way, next time I'm in New York, Roger, you and I have to meet because I'm a Brooklyn boy and I love you, bro. Okay. Um, Eric, last words. I'll just say uh, best wishes to all and everyone uh, we love. Um, Just remember that uh, every day is a miracle. So uh, be grateful for every day. All right. Much love, everybody. Thank you so much. For hanging out with me. But I'm heading out. Have a good night or good morning. Well, Let's have it. See you later. Thank Bye. you, Sabby. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Sleep well, Eric, and everybody else. Noel, I love you, and you are in my mind right now. Run those initiatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>